And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Another episode of Wayne in stuck in airports. You and I both. Um, <laughs> Like we didn't, we didn't even get a chance, an opportunity to film last week because we were in Hawaii. Obviously, everyone knows that. But for the USO tour, started on Monday and Tuesday, um, so we didn't get a chance to break down the Colby uh, fights, the Colby and Usman fight, and uh, all the other fights that were on that card. Um, let's get, I guess let's just get right into it, man. Let's go. Let's do it. So, Which one do you want to do first, Colby? Um, yeah, let's talk with let's talk let's talk Colby and uh, Usman. All right. I actually, you know, it's uh. People can say what they want. Everything about that fight, I thought those guys fought their asses off. I thought they were fantastic. I thought Colby Covington is just a – he's a savage, man. That dude's a warrior because break your jaw and then get punched on it. See what it's like. Mm -hmm. That is a horrible feeling, and he's stuck in that fight. I can understand, you know, his disappointment at the end of it, you know, with uh, the being stopped and – uh it's not the fight was going to end up going to Usman, in yeah. my opinion, anyways. Uh, so the stoppage, no matter if you liked it or you didn't like it, it wasn't going to, it didn't change anything. And, uh, but hats off, in my opinion, Colby Covington's stock actually rose with that fight, win or loss, based <clears throat> upon the performance that he put in. He was fantastic. He was taking shots, he was giving shots. Usman was absolutely phenomenal. A little bit more power from Usman, a little bit more volume and output from Colby, but I don't think you can ask for a better, you know, a, a better fight for a championship belt is fantastic. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I sat up here and I'm gonna I'm gonna eat some crow a little bit. I sat up here <laughs> and and I'm gonna be upfront and honest, man. I mean, I legit thought Usman would start to teeter out around the rounds four and five, and. And the other thing too is when they when Colby decided to make it a stand up fight with Usman, U neither one of the guys shot. Not one. I don't Which I there thought was, was I thought it was smart. Yeah, I thought uh, Usman was smart in saying, you know what, I'm not going to waste energy. I'm not going to burn my gas tank trying to take a guy that I know can wrestle down, mm -hmm. and the possibility of him popping back to his feet. And so I wasted all that energy to come up with basically nothing. You know what? Let's see how good you are on your feet. I've been working on this. I think I'm good at it. I think that I can stand with you. So let's see. And I, I'll tell you what, the output by both guys was amazing to me. Yeah, it was phenomenal. The output was phenomenal. Look, I think there was a couple things that Colby could have done. He should have wrestled. He should have made. He should. He should have made Usman's arms and legs and everything feel heavy and start to fill up with blood. I mean, Usman to me is the bigger fighter. Usman to me has more muscle. And anytime you make a guy like that wrestle, sure, I think Usman's the better wrestler of the two. But then how's you, he going to push him? How's he going to push him in that area when the guy's actually better? Because could it be that Usman could actually? rest and relax in those areas it, I, I guess what i'm saying is when you wrestle someone you don't have to always wrestle them to take them down you can wrestle them to make them work true and that's not like you know press them to the fence pull 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 the single leg make them get away from the fence and then go right back into a double if you don't get it come back up to the clinch make him pummel make him work you're not always trying that's the one mistake i think young fighters have to they, they sometimes make 
Every takedown is not going to be a takedown. So don't force it and hang out down there. Like sometimes you don't get it. Just come up to the, the, the over under or the double unders and, and try to just hang out there for a little bit. Make the guy work for his position. Not every time will you be successful. And so I think Usman, I think Colby could have, could have maybe pushed uh, Usman in that. Look, this is all in hindsight, obviously. We're standing back. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. We're standing back, like picking, picking apart two guys that fucking fought. Absolutely amazing. I got to tell you, I was sitting there watching. I was like, this is, this is amazing. You know, I was, I didn't expect it to be a full stand up fight. I thought, sure, there'd be moments where they would stand. But I got to tell you, the one thing that, that made the difference in the fight was the push kick. The push kick of Usman, it dictated, it was a jab, but a longer range one. And also, I know the body shots helped, but I think the push the push kicks actually led up to that because Colby had to get within boxing range, and then Usman was able to go to the body. But in the meantime, when he was standing on the outside just trying to snap the jab, that push kick paid dividends later on in the fight. In the fourth and fifth round, it slowed Colby down. you know. And then after Colby broke his jaw, I think, look, anytime you fought with, with an injury, like I fought Benson with torn ligaments all through my wrist, tore my thumb almost like completely away from everything, and... The whole time after the first round, I dominated the first round. After the first round, it, I was a different fighter. I, yep. It was always on my mind, like, okay, how can you damage it more? You don't know what, what's wrong with it. You just know that something's fucked up. And so you don't know if you can damage it more. You don't know what the issue is. I just know it was folding all the way back. Colby didn't know what was going on with his jaw. He's like, I know he knew it was broken, but how bad? If Am I going to be like, is it going to be so bad that I can't? I like I have to have my. He's obviously gonna probably have to have his jaw wired shut for a while. But I'm saying like, is it so bad that, you know, I, I could end up losing some teeth? Like you know, the, we've we talked to Frank Mir when he fought Javi Ayala, and he said that he had broke part of his what's it called? Not mandible. Mandible. And he said pretty much the dentist told him or the doctor told him that your all those teeth may end up eventually just turning gray because they're Dying. gonna die. They're gonna die. Yeah. So that those are things that you start to think like, man. Shit, like you don't know how much more damage you're gonna commit to yourself, you know. <laughs> but that when people want to sit back and look, all the other trash talk aside that Colby did, everyone tuned in to watch him get beat. He lost. He took it on the chin, literally, and it just was one of those things. I gotta tip my hat to him. He knew his jaw was broken the third round, and in between three and four. He went out there and told his corner. His corner's like, just calm down. Let's get, and that's kind of how Bob Cook is too. Calm down. Okay, let's go back out there and let's do this and do that. He won the fourth round. He I don't know if he won it, but I'll tell you what, he put on one hell of a performance in it. It was a close round. It was a close, close. round. I had him win the I had him win in the fourth. I actually had it like most judges had it. I had it I two, had it two two. I had it two two as well. So did I. Um but I could see the argument of making it 3-1 like that one judge. I thought round one or two, I thought Colby won. He had a chance at winning both. And so I could see the argument on that as well. But I had it 2-2 just before everyone starts crucifying yeah, me I in think, the comment section. I, th I think Sal D'Amato had it 3-1 for Covington. I think Derek Cleary had it 3-1 for oh, Usman. Oh, for Usman. Okay. And the other was 2-2 right down the middle. So yep. whoever won that fifth round, mm -hmm. they were going to win the fight. Yeah. And it was clear Usman was going to win the fifth yeah, round. Yeah, he was going to win the fifth round, especially yeah. after, after he dropped take, him. After yeah. taking that damage and everything, Colby wasn't going to come back and do this you know, spectacular comeback. He was hurt, and he was stunned. And he, you know, just to be able to survive that mm -hmm. round would have taken a lot and would have been you know, something special. But he wasn't going to win it, so Usman was going to win the fight. 
he's the, you know, he deserved that that fight. He deserves the championship. That dude is a stud. He is the Nigerian nightmare yeah. right now, man, and he's just getting better. Yeah. No, I think he is, and I think also this is a good confidence builder for him on the feet, having a little bit more comfort on the feet, having a little bit more uh, belief in his stand-up. So we may potentially start seeing him uh, start knocking more people out. You know, I mean, I wouldn't suggest he get away from it too much from his from what his bread and butter is, which is his wrestling. Um, but Colby and him, it was a rare thing where two guys could wrestle very well, and they both knew they were going to expend a ton of energy trying to get a takedown. And I thought Colby should have... After round one, going into round two, and Usman didn't shoot, I thought he should have at least started threatening a takedown, which would have opened up his stand-up a little bit more. And I, I feel that way for both guys. You know, I, yeah, feel that, I feel that way generally. If you have any type of wrestling at all, you should threaten the takedown, and even if you're not thinking about getting, like you don't, you don't really care if you get it or not, it, makes it, it keeps it in their mind. And so that, to me, was one of those um, scenarios and situations because that, that's another situation on later on in the, or earlier on in the card when uh, Jermaine Deronomy fought Amanda Nunes. She tried to get the takedown, she got the takedown, but then she kind of got away from it a little bit and then she came back to it. So at least it was in her mind and that one second delays that your hesitation. response, that hesitation that, when you're yeah. talking, when you're talking the two best people of that weight class, whether it's Colby and Usman or it's Jermaine and Amanda Nunes, like you're talking the two best people, a split hairline second is all you need for that one person to be a little bit better than the other. And that makes a huge difference when you're talking the best two or best three or best four people in the world. Yeah, absolutely right. I Let's go to the, let's go to the second fight mm -hmm. let's go to Vol volkanovsky versus uh, max holloway you've been waiting to talk about this one come on baby who told you yeah 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 <laughs> but you know what i was so wrong <laughs> in the way that he went about doing it because you know volkanovsky he's thrown leg kicks he's thrown some kicks but he's he comes in with a boxing approach he throws mm -hmm. heavy leather with his hands man his the leg kicks that's what won him that fight it was a good fight for both guys. I think Volkanovski definitely won. I know Max thought he won it. I didn't think he did. I had Volkanovski. I had it. You know, Volkanovski went in at 3-2. I thought I, the, the judge that gave it a 50-45, I don't know how he did that. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I didn't see that. But, you know, and one of the, but one of the things you got to understand is <sighs> when you're sitting in that seat, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't see the, the significant things that occur that are going to give you that the round to one guy over the other based upon angles, based upon the position of the fighters, based upon the position of the referee blocking your view. So I don't like to get on guys. He had the right guy winning. That's what's important, but I didn't think it was 50-45. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I had um, – I, I thought I thought that definitely the the difference in the fight was the leg kicks. It helped set everything else up. Crazy. And also Max is known for his pace, and he finally got outpaced by somebody else. And that was the, I think to me, that was the key in the, in the fight. I think people kept thinking Volkanovski was going to slow down, and he never did. And I, you oh. you had said he probably wasn't going to. We had talked about this. Um, we I think this is a whole show for this fight card where we're going to eat a little bit of crow. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it, eating crow it, on that one, man. Well, I you picked him, but you didn't pick him that way. <laughs> I didn't pick him with the leg kicks. I admit that. I, I guess a win's a win, though, right? A win's a That's win. That's it, man. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I um look, I, I didn't think Max won. I thought Volkanovski did a good enough job to win. Uh, I definitely, I, I had it the same way you did, three two. Um, 
and I thought it was I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was. You know, the thing is, is every time they do three title fights, it, it's not. They really, all go the distance. Yeah, it all goes the distance, <laughs> you know. And like, no, it's like, yeah. I, I think this is like the fifth time. I think you had said this is probably like the fifth time they've done the. And all four of the ones from before, as I recall, they all stunk. This one was a lot better than those other ones. A lot yeah. better. Amanda and Jermaine was kind of a little bit of a snoozer at some points. But, but it was a smart It was fight a smart fight. By Amanda. This is where, you know, and people were talking about, oh, you know, and, and look, I'm not taking anything away from Amanda. I love her. I think she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But she is not the best striker in the world. And that yeah. has been labeled on top of her. Mm -hmm. And you go, no, she's not. And mm -hmm. that's not taking anything away from her. Mm -hmm. She's a good striker. She's got good power. And she has knocked people out. But there are women out there that are technically and just better strikers on yeah. the feet than Amanda Nunez. And her being that smart fighter and saying, hey, this is MMA. I'm going to wrestle the fuck out of you and take you down and try to beat you on the ground. That is exactly what she should have done against someone like, you know, Jermaine. It's crazy to think that people wanted her to stand up with Jermaine. That's a good way to lose your title. Yeah, Jermaine's definitely the better striker, and yeah. that, that that was showcased throughout the fight. That's why Amanda kept went to the went to the takedowns, which was smart though. But smart. Like, that's why I felt Colby or Usman should have potentially changed and mixed it up a little bit because then that would have opened up the striking a little bit more. Yeah, and, but there's a significant difference yeah. between the ground game of Jermaine and the ground game of Amanda. Yeah, that was evident the very first takedown. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was evident, and I love Jermaine. Jermaine's like one of my homegirls. Like she just you know she's a great person and. Um, but you know, until you until you learn how to stop a takedown, until you learn how to use an underhook, you and I were talking oh, about this. She was like, killing, me. just driving me crazy. <laughs> like wrist control or an underhook, do do that. She for has me. she has half guard. She's even doing a knee shield inside, and her hand is free. It's like get that underhook. That will get you up. That's your key to getting yeah. out. Never came, man. Never I was came, like, man. ah. It becomes so frustrating to watch. I was just like, ah, man. But, but I'll tell you, that, that third round, that up kick, man, mm -hmm. that came close to starching Amanda. She yep. almost, you could see her just give that jolt of, uh, and she froze. So you know her brain got scrambled for that moment. Yeah. You go, that close. Yeah. Could have been different. Yeah, I, I I, th I thought it may I thought um, Jermaine did a really good job of getting up. I was surprised. There were some moments yeah. in the very first round she couldn't get up. At times. But then at times she had some good chances and some good opportunities to get up, which she did and capitalized on. But there was also moments where I thought she got up and she was could have just backed out and got away, and she stayed there real close. I'm like, no, make her get in on you again. You know, and just, ah, oh, was just, I, I I, I was like yelling at the TV, you know, I was just like, ah. <laughs> but it's the emotions. I got to tell you, like when you're watching your friends fight, you, you get a little emotional and you get a little like, ah, you know, so, but, uh, but def definitely was a good fight. Let's, let's talk. Uh, one, one, one of the things though, you got to admit with Amanda, Amanda has learned that earlier in her, her career, she had a really hard time with her conditioning and it's not that she wasn't in shape. It's not that she wasn't training. She didn't know where to grab air in the fight. She didn't know mm. when to rest. And you watch her now, very, very good at, at grabbing those moments, slowing things down, grabbing that little bit of air, getting her heart rate just down just a little bit, and then picking it back up. She has really progressed in that area where now when she's controlling the fight, 
she's not going to get tired. Yeah, she needs to. I think she needs to work on her conditioning a little bit more. I don't know if she's carrying a little bit too much muscle for for her body size. She she is a bigger. Uh, she is a bigger girl, so she carries. She does carry quite a bit of muscle on her. If you take a look at her, and so, I, and we've seen that before. People that generally carry a little bit too much muscle, they tend to kind of slow down as the fight goes on. Um, I think, I think her cardio was a little bit exposed. I think, and that I, I, people just see get used to her knocking people out, getting them out of there, yeah. walking through them, and they get they get they get accustomed to that. And also, the fighter gets accustomed to that as well. So they're thinking, okay, if I don't get you out of here, I get you out of here in two. And then they don't get you out of here in two. Oh shit, I haven't been. I haven't been to the third round, and you know, in six fights. Oh, you know, and so it just like I said, training never, never really simulates the fight like like you think it does. You could train as hard as you want or spar as hard as you want. It's not the same. I mean, no matter how hard you try, it's not the same. And so I think she was a little bit exposed in the conditioning area, but. She's a true champion. She came through. She made the adjustments between rounds. Started going to the takedowns a little bit more, and it was good. She made she made uh, Jermaine work from the bottom. Jermaine just didn't have enough pop and power in her to get the knockout. She did rock her a couple times, I think, in the fourth or in the fifth, something like that. And then, but then you know, Amanda was able to get the takedown again right off of that, and that slows everything down again. So very but, smart fight by Amanda. Yeah, the second round for Jermaine was actually a good round. <clears throat> but you know that's. You don't have to win every round. If you're the no. champ, you don't have to. All you got to do is you got to win three of them. If you're going to end up going to the scorecards, it's okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, unless your name is Dante Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> one second, One baby. second of any of those rounds, man. That's one, one second. second. <laughs> um, let's. I guess we could talk a little controversy. Let's talk the Jose Aldo and Marais fight. All right, let's do it. What'd you think? Well, you know what I thought. Look, I think <laughs> I thought Jose Aldo won. Um, yep. I can also make um, – I could understand where you're coming from, where you thought Marais won. And well, I'm, t I'm telling you, I'm, you know, I went and watched it. I did not get to see that fight because I was flying in mm -hmm. when that fight – and I was actually coming to the hotel. So right away I'm getting on my thing, buying the, the pay-per-view, but I missed that fight. And – I didn't see it, and my even my son who was there judging that night, he said, I kind of think Aldo won, and Mark Goddard, who was the referee after talking to him, you know, and I hadn't seen the fight, he goes, ah, I kind of think you know, Aldo won, and, and Mike Bell was one of the judges, and he gave it to Aldo, and I got a lot of respect for Mike Bell, and, and then a couple other guys, and so I was like, I went into that fight watching it, going, well, Aldo's going to win, because these guys have told me. And so the first round, it's a good round, but no doubt Marlon Mariah wins yeah. wins the round. Yep, I okay. had Marlon. Dude, he, he he hurt him in the first fifteen seconds of the fight with a kick yep. to the head, and you can see it stuns him. That's yep. the best blow. It's there's good back and forth, but Mariah wins. Second round, Aldo lands the better shots. He wins the round. So it comes down to that third round, and this is where people are into this movement they're into pressing they're into he's aggressive and years ago we took the criteria for judging and switched things because we had too many wrestlers taking people down and controlling them and we had everything the same and so they had that that was what the judges were going i said well he had more control and he was controlling him the whole fight so a guy that was trying to let the clock you know, slide by, 
was winning against the guy that was actually trying to fight, the guy that was trying to end the fight, the guy that was trying to finish the fight. So the criteria has changed, and, and it's one of the problems. You know, I know Joe Rogan was very uh, vocal about that he thought Aldo won, and he's not looking at the criteria the way it's supposed to be done. You know, Joe knows fighting, no doubt about it. I love the guy. He's great. He's an awesome commentator. You know, I will never say a bad word about that, but he does not look at a fight the way the judge is looking at the fight. He was the whole time, you know, how good Aldo looked. And I did think Aldo looked good. I was very impressed with how much energy he had in the fight. And then he was going after it. Yeah. But if you go to that third round, Aldo starts winning the round, and he's winning the round for about the first minute and a half, two minutes, and Marais hits him with some shots and kind of brings it a little bit close. Aldo then kind of gets a couple in there. But with about two minutes left in that fight, Aldo is pressing the entire time, but he's not throwing. In fact, he throws very little, and he lands even less. He lands a couple of shots, and if you watch, Marais lands the better shots throughout the rest of that round, and that's what kind of gives it to him. And I was I was expecting to I, – I was waiting as I'm watching because I have Mariah up just a little bit, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking, something's got to happen right here at the end, and nothing, mm. nothing but pressure. Pressure doesn't <clears throat> win the fight. If it is a stand-up fight, which is that was except for the one takedown by Mariah's, if it's a stand-up fight, what the judges are looking at is – First thing, knockdowns. That's the top thing they're looking for. Second thing is damaging blows. Blows that they can see. That affected the fighter in a negative fashion. It stunned him. It rocked him. It put him back. Any of those things. Then they're looking for volume. But if you are throwing shots and they're not hitting targets that are scoring targets, you're hitting arms or anything like that, it doesn't count for anything. And Marais landed the cleaner shots. It's a close fight, and I wouldn't have cared. You know, I wouldn't have been upset if they had given the decision to Aldo. It was a very close fight, and the fact that people make it controversial—it's like you had two judges and one judge. That's as close as you get. And, you know, and, and Joe come up. Let's get nine judges. Oh my God! Come on, you think <laughs> it's not going to change? Yeah. You're always going to have people. If you looked at the the journalists that scored that fight. The journalists were split, almost 50-50. And that's because it was a close fight. And it just kind of depends on what you give credit to. So then you think that that we should just be educating our commentators on what the actual scoring criteria is? Man, it's it's the one thing that we have going on. We have information being put out to our fans that, you know, if... If the fan tunes into the UFC, he expects that Dominic Cruz, Daniel Cormier, Joe Rogan, those are the experts, and they know what the criteria is for the fight. And if you don't know and you're putting out information that goes against what the criteria is because the last thing that they're going to look for is ring control. But I hear that comment all the time by those guys. All right, aggression comes after. If you can't say who won based upon what took place more, striking or grappling, who had the better striking, who had the better grappling, that's even. Now you'll go to aggression. So if it was even at that point, no doubt Aldo would have gotten the win. But it wasn't even. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I feel I feel like you do. Uh, I actually thought Aldo still won even after I went back and watched it. But like I said, like you said, and we said, like, we're splitting straws, okay. man. We're splitting straws. Yeah. It really does yeah. come down to we're splitting straws. And uh, I think when you get to that that close of a fight, well, I guess the next question is this though: Henry Cejudo comes out and says, "I thought Aldo won, and I'd rather fight Aldo. Aldo's the best. <laughs> Aldo, that's a, I know." Well. I know. That's a, that's a simple one. Henry Cejudo doesn't. He doesn't even. He probably didn't watch the fight. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Who's the bigger name? Yeah. Marlon Moraes or Jose Aldo? Yeah, that's true. Well, Jose Aldo is. Who has Henry already fought? He already yeah. fought Marlon. Yeah. That's how he won the title. So he would rather face Jose Aldo. It's going to do you know a better fight for him. It's going to be something he can build more. It's a bigger name. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for wanting to fight Aldo over him. And and I really don't have a problem, you know, if the UFC gave Aldo that shot, being that, not off of that fight, but that fight he fought really well, but being who he has been throughout his career and the yeah. number of years that he was the featherweight champion, I don't have a problem with it. I, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to, uh, to me. I'm going to, I can't recall if you were part of it or not, but... I'm gonna eat a little bit of crow because I thought he honestly wasn't gonna look good dropping down to 135. <laughs> so I'm, I was right there. Yeah, so, I, I mean, thought I thought he was gonna have problems making the weight. I thought he was gonna be just emaciated and not have energy if the fight went into the third round. Totally wrong. I thought he looked great. He you, did. You know, Marlon Moraes is a huge, huge 135 pounder. And he was backing Marlon up. Like you said, all he had to do was just push a little bit, like throw more output. I think had yeah. he pushed the pace and had output. Come on, Josh. One. One leg I kick. I know. That's insane. One. Well, I, this He used to kill people. I know. With a super fast, super hard, beautifully thrown leg kick. I mean, do you remember Uriah Faber's leg? Yeah. Do you remember what it looked like? Yeah. Ah. One. Just, Why? Yeah. What? How, where was it that it that your game plan showed you that Marlon Moraes is this takedown master that wants to fight on the ground? Yeah. He doesn't. So you can't sit there and say we were worried about getting taken down. No. You plan to try to go into a boxing range because you have been training as a boxer now. And you gave up a tool set that would have gotten you that win, the same as Volkanovski used against Holloway. The difference in the fight being those leg kicks. If Aldo would have kicked like Volkanovski, guess who would have won the fight? Yeah. Yep. No, I, we, so. you and I, when we first sat down, I was like, I, I didn't, I actually didn't even see the leg kick. So you, you came and said, yeah, I saw at the beginning of the second round there was one leg one. kick. And, and I was like, are you sure? So I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go back and check your stats. Yeah, no, I, was, I think you're lying. Uh, yeah, I just, it was, uh, it, it's one of those, it was one of those situations. I'm looking at the TV and I'm thinking, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You know, a leg kick's coming. Never came, never came. I was like, fuck. No. So, you know, um, but that go, that does go back to your training and everyone has been talking about, you know, Jose has been talking about, I want to, I want to do some boxing matches and things. And he's been training it with boxing and you, you, you just, you don't think about it, but you revert back to your training. If you have been mm -hmm. training to do something, that's what you tend to do. 
And that's what he did. He boxed. But when he was younger, he would go right hand, left hook to the body, come back up boom, top, and then boom, the and, kick. and then come with a kick. Beautiful. And, and now it's it, he doesn't have he's one or the other. It's not both together like he used to, and it's it's frustrating. I know he's getting older, but I just I think for him it just needs to be a switch that turns because it's there. There's no doubt it's there. It's you know. Um, I just I would like to see him use it because that was such a key weapon. And I think, like you said, if they end up running it back, the two of them doing it again, you know, in a fight or two, if he uses kicks, I think the whole fight's a different story, a completely different fight. So do I. Different. So, uh, and who knows? You you may see that fight as a five round fight as well, and then that would change things as well. So, uh, thoughts on your thoughts on Uriah Faber, Peter Yan? What'd you think? It was um, exactly what I, we thought. It's exact. Look, <laughs> I hate to say that. Yeah, look, it was exactly what we thought it would be. But, but, I actually reached out to your eye afterwards, and I was like, "Look, man, I don't even know if he's going to fight again. No, I don't think anyone does right now. I'm not making those kind of decisions. Doesn't but, have to. But honest to God, he looked better than I thought he was going to look. Like, and I and I know I know he got. I know he ended up getting stopped. I know it wasn't well, what he wanted. Ideal world, all these things. I got to tell you, he looked faster than I thought he would look. Uh, he, he did look faster than I thought he would look compared to Jan. Yep. Yeah, and I, I thought, was, going in, I thought, man, Peter's way faster no. than Uriah. And he, and he wasn't. He was faster, but not way faster. Now, so I look at it differently. I looked at he, Peter wasn't faster. Peter was tighter. Uriah yeah. left himself out of position. A lot of things. He was faster to get there, but he left himself out of positions where he ended up getting hit in the exchanges on the way out. Or opening up too much on the way in and got hit coming in. So that's what I, those are the things that I thought. Like, if he could just keep it tighter, I think he would have probably had a little bit better of a chance. It still would have ended, I think, not ended the same way, but it would have still ended in, with him losing. But I honestly, as, as a promotion, I see it their way of like, okay, hey, we can't keep paying you this kind of money if you're not fighting the best guys. But. We know you're still a draw because of your name. We know you can yep. – obviously, we see you can still fight. You still have speed. You still – you know, and all that time off that he has taken, that also kind of will hinder for him to jump in. He should have fought, I thought, one more lower-level guy to get himself back on track of, you know, getting back to his combinations, getting back into mixing up. But time's ticking, time's ticking. So yeah, yeah, But it's also going top. back to what you're saying. You're making that much money. I'm yep. not going to pay you that much money for me to give you another – oh, I want you to get a win. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. I got to start putting you against real guys, and you got to prove that you're up in that level. Yeah, yeah. Peter was a Peter was a tough fight for him. And then when I saw Peter throw him the way he threw him, I was like, "Ooh, this ain't gonna go well." You know, he uh, he flung him down. And I was like, "Ooh, man, this isn't good." But but overall, I I thought Peter just stayed tight, stayed composed. Good head movement, stiff. Obviously, very good boxing. Every um, time Uriah every- came in, he made him pay. Yep. yep. And that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. When you're when you're taking shots and you're tr- you're trying to get somewhere to either throw yours or to get that your hands on them for the takedown, and you're eating shots and taking damage, it slows it just slows you mentally down. In I don't want to do that again. Yeah. It's tougher. <clears throat> yeah, he was head hunting quite a bit. And anytime Peter would just duck directly under, he left himself on the outside. Like he yeah. ended up going right right hand over the top. Right over. And he stayed there and paused. Peter ducked out to the side, hit the combination and moved on. You know, yep. um I don't know. And then I actually went back and watched how the finishing with the head kick and stuff. It looked like he was just trying to pull your eyes head down into the knee. 
And when it didn't go his way, he's like, fuck it. Let me just throw the foot Slug up there it. and see what happens. Yeah. And it just so happened to be right on the button. It's it's one of those things. But he showed to me that he still has it in him to fight top guys. I just don't think he's going to have it back in him to get to a title shot. So then you as as for myself, and we'll get into Frankie Edgar later, um, but I look at it like, look, you've done so much, man. I, I went through this for myself. Frankie's going to be probably going through it for himself. Uriah should be going through it for himself right now. Are you fighting for the money? Are you fighting to try and be champion? What are you fighting for? You know, and is it worth the amount of damage your head, your body is going to take for a, three or four more fights? And if you have a legacy, like, look, I'm not going to even try to compare my legacy or my my fight career to Frankie and and, uh, and uh, Uriah. But you get to, a, I, I know later on in the life, like people look at Muhammad Ali, it's still Muhammad Ali. No one talks about all the losses he had. They talk about all the no. great fights he had. No one cares about the losses. Yeah, no one cares about the losses. And so when people talk about like legacy, I'm like, you guys don't even think about that. Uriah and Frankie have had, you can't walk through a room when you when you run into Frankie Edgar and they don't talk about the Gray Maynard fight. You know, both <laughs> fights, they're like, good. I know he fought him three times, but the two that for the title, absolutely insane. Um, you know what I mean? Like, no one goes back and says, oh, that one fight that he lost. Uh, you know, like, nah, sh that shit don't matter. So, I just, I want their health to come out on top. At the end of the day, I want them to be healthy. I want them to still be able to have a conversation. And both of them still can do that very well now. And so, I'm just starting to question myself. Like, well, how much more do you guys have? What's the purpose? Uh, For what? Well, a couple hundred thousand dollars? You know? Like, ah. First off, I never know exactly where someone's financial stability is, if it's there or not. I do believe, I know Uriah has been really smart mm -hmm. in a lot of the things he's done, a lot of good business dealings. He he has a business with his dad. They you know they uh, flip homes and do things and stuff like that. So uh, you do have to ask yourself, why am I fighting? And, and there's that, you can look at Tito Ortiz. You know, Tito has gone on. From a, a guy that, you know, was on top of the world at one point and then had, you know, a lot of down times and some, I mean, a long losing streak and then came out of it. And now you can look at his last, you know, couple fights. There Obviously, you know, it's Chael Sonnen he's fighting or Chuck Liddell or Alberto Del Rio, Del Patreon, whatever, but smart on his part if he's making the money that he wants. Now, I know he took a chance in the, in the he made good money in the in the Chael fight. He took a real chance with the Chuck fight and didn't get what, you know, they thought they were going to get, and that's that's part of the business. You know, but he made really good money with this last fight in a fight he took no damage. And so if you want to continue fighting because you have that in you where you say, "Man, I just need the competition." then there's ways of getting that competition. And if you're Uriah, you know, you can still fight. You may not want to fight in the UFC, you know, but then again, where are you going to get the money? You know, that's what's tough. So then you can go towards, you know, he's the, the grappling things like the quintets, you know, the, if competition is really what's keeping you in, you can get your competition in other ways without getting hit in the head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I, I don't know. I just it's, it's that thing. I don't know. It's tough. It's it's, it's a decision. Like I went, I battled it for <laughs> probably about six months. I went back and forth in my head, and 
You know, there's not much up there, so it took me a little while to get through it. But when I finally <laughs> well, got through it, it had a long distance to bounce around. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my from, that's my problem. Went from one ear hole to the other ear hole, and then, yeah. you know, I just you know whatever. So it just, but it's it's a lot. Like you have to be. Here's the thing. I had to realize to myself that I had to let everything else go and focus on something else. You cannot keep going to the gym and training and working out. If no, you, if, you, if, if you're, you're going to training and working out with the guys, you're going to want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's the there's issue. An, I've, I've said it before, and some people get mad at me for it because yeah. there's an addiction to it. There is. Yep. It's just the way it is, and it's okay. It's not. It's not. I'm not saying it's a bad addiction, but we can get addicted to. You can get addicted to working out. It is. It's very true. I, I get that way all the time, and that's that's what got me addicted to fighting. Is yeah. I, I enjoyed training all the time, you know, and and that was the uh, that that's kind of what kept me in the gym. I became a gym rat that way, you know. So uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. We'll see what they. Um, well, what, whatever Uriah decides to do, best of luck to him. Uh, yeah. If he wants to continue to fight, man, go at it. That's great. I, I'd back him 100% because, you know, he's been a – he's just a winner. He's a winner yeah. in life. Yep. I so. agree. I agree with you, my man. I agree with you. Frankie Edgar. I think I he felt, does. I, I, I felt horrible. Yeah, look. He got hit with a couple of shots, and I was like, oh, my God, he's in trouble. And it was almost like you know you brought up the Gray Maynard thing. It was mm-hmm. almost like that. You were almost expecting yeah. Frankie to get his way out of it. And it just wasn't gonna happen. You know, and no. it, man, when you saw the Korean zombie and he got the hooks and you saw those hips coming off the ground and the legs were up, it, to understand how much it takes from Frankie mm-hmm. to get himself out of that position, to get himself back to his knees. And hands at certain points, and then get put back there again, and have to work his way out. Man, I was like, man, he's giving it everything he has. You know, it just, just wasn't, you know, wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I, uh, Frankie might uh, get mad at me for saying this, but I blame it on the haircut, the hairstyle, <laughs> the hairstyle. I've never seen him come out with the hairstyle like that. I you didn't it, like I, the poof? I blame it on the hair. He looked like a chia pet. Frankie, you're my boy, dog, but we got to do something about the hairstyle, dog. You got to cut the hair next time, kids. Obviously, that hairstyle is bad luck. No, I, I actually was texting back and forth with him after the fight, a little, obviously before the fight as well, always wishing him luck. But, um, you know, it's just, it's, there's just not those those nights. Some nights are just not your night. You know, um, the key is to always try when you know when you feel like maybe it's not your night or, the, you know, it's not going your way. It's just it's still trying ink out a victory some way somehow he just never got the opportunity or the chance and yeah. I, I i go back to this and I, I he's always been the guy that's been faster than the other guys and so as we get older it look and I, I know you i know you guys probably get tired and sick and tired of hearing him here <laughs> comparing him to myself but if you go back and watch my patricky fight where i lost i got dropped in the first round but it wasn't i got dropped on the way in I got dropped on the way out. Out, wow. you know, yep. and it was like, and it wasn't a clean shot either. It was a grazing shot, but where I was able when I was younger, I was able to get in and get out a lot faster. And it just, it just happens, man. Like it just father time. And I know people use that, say that all the time. It's not an excuse. It's legit. Like it really is. Like you just no, can't get, totally. 
You can't get in and totally out. Totally legit. And it's I see- totally legit, and it's exactly what you were talking about. We're talking about this yeah. one one-thousandth of a second difference, mm-hmm. but that's the difference of something actually touching you and touching you possibly kind of hard yeah. compared to it just sliding by. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and then... It's, the, it's it was I felt like it was on the way it was on the way out of like getting into the pocket he was getting in just fine but then he would stay there just a second too long whereas before he would get out and be done and that's I felt like that's when he got hit with some clean shots and it was done and then just you know I think also too he has always been a little bit shorter fighter and I think Brian Ortega kind of opened up people's eyes to the uppercut. And I feel like he, he dip, yeah, dips that head down. He dips the head down because he keeps his chin Especially nice when he tucked. exits. Yep, and he keeps When he's going to exit, tucked. he comes in, but, but he rolls it out. And so it just it's almost like they just throw it to throw it because he is shorter, you know. But ah, it's just so frustrating to watch. And, um, you know, he's one of my closest friends in the sport. I mean, period, you know. And so... And uh, it's 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 tough. It's hard to watch. But I, I, I know exactly if I've been... I, I know exactly what he's going through. And you're going to have to start looking at yourself in the mirror and going like, okay, look, do I make the change to 35 like what's-his-name did? You know, because, but to me, Aldo has always been really, really fast. But for me, for me, when I looked at Frankie the other day, he looked significantly slower. Now, I don't know if it's because he didn't have a full camp. You know, he didn't, didn't get the chance to develop the fast switch and lean out a little bit, you know, because he's never a big guy. You know, so sometimes, you you, you know, I've noticed that when I start camp, I'm fast for about 30 seconds, <laughs> and then you know, and then and then it just goes away because I'm fat and tired, you know. But then as the camp goes on, my speed it, it picks up, it gets faster because you're working on speed stays, drills, yeah. and it stays for the 15 minutes or the 25 minutes of the fight. So he didn't have a full camp, and you know maybe that had something to do with it. But he looked slower on the exit. He looked still yeah. looked fast coming in. He just looks slower on the exit, and I hate to see that because I know that's kind of where I was when I lost to Matriki, who was my last fight. It was the exit I was getting caught on, not the entrance. And that just kills me because you just know it's getting close. Like, for me, I, I was like, all right, man, what are you doing it for? I just went back home and started questioning myself. Like, are you doing it for the money? Nah, financially, I'm okay. You know, yeah. like, what, are you, what are you doing it for then? Like, I love it. I love doing it. But what else do you love? I love being able to have this conversation right now, okay? Like, without, you know? Even though sometimes I still do, 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 even though still sometimes I do that. <laughs> sometimes I never, I never bring those moments up yeah. when you do that. Either. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's so bad when I'm the one doing it, you know. And I'm talking to John. John's 75 years old now, and so it's like it's kind of it's rough, you know. Here I am, you know, only in rough my 40s. When that 75 year old is, yeah. is talking circles. Now. Yeah, it's so funny. The the one the one thing I do think that just out of the short that we saw. I thought the Korean zombie looked at the fight that Frankie had with Max Holloway and he saw exactly what Max Holloway, where he was successful. Max kind of just set his feet, little steps forward and let Frankie come into him. And when he was making that entrance in, would take just a little step off and throw those hands. That's how he caught him, you know? And so good for him. Game planning, looking, seeing where someone was successful, you know, what worked against Frankie. You know, that was a really, it was a beautiful performance by the zombie, man. I'm telling you, that was, he he took a great fighter and made him just look average. So my next question would be, do you have maybe Max and Korean zombie fighting each other? Yes. You know, now that, now I that think Max so. has lost, um, Volkanovsky's out with a broken hand for a while. 
and you've got Zombie, who's pretty much next in line. I, I would think Zombie and uh, Max would probably Max would be next in line. I well, I think match. you do one of two things. You've got you got three guys, four guys. I'm sorry, they're kind of sitting in there. You've got Yair Rodriguez. Okay, so you can take Yair and you can put Yair against, and I would put him against Max, uh-huh. and because that fight hasn't happened. And then you've got Zabit yes. sitting there. And you could put Zabit against the Korean Zabi yeah. while while Volkanovski's sitting out with a broken hand. Then you can decide, am I going to put those two winners together or am I going to just take one of them and put them against Volkanovski because he comes back quick? But I would really love to see those two fights. Yeah, yeah. I almost feel like I would like to make Yair fight. Um, who did you say? The one that he ducked out of and didn't want to fight. Zabit. Zabit. I'd make him fight him just because he didn't want that fight. He left the UFC. Basically, let's just said like, no. I, I would make him fight that fight. Like it just, And you put Max in and Zombie, and they're going to probably stand in the center of the cage and just go toe-to-toe. And the you odd know? man out right now is Brian Ortega, who had that fight with Zombie yeah. and had to pull out for, with an injury. And you're looking at, where, where are you going to put Brian? Because he's, he's been out for a while. He's there. Yeah. yeah, he's been out for a while. Yeah, he was on a terror, too. I think that was that his first loss was to Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. You put him, I, I guess, you could have him fight Zabit instead of, you know, or maybe I'd like to see him or Yair. I'd like to see him fight Yair also. You yeah. know, touch him on the chin. Touch him on the chin. We could do that fight in Mexico. Makes you sense. Could do that fight in Mexico. Makes sense. That'd be a good one. Yes, yes it does. It does make sense. I look at me. Look at him. I'm a matchmaker. Look, over the, here. Yeah. look at you giving these suggestions yeah. for free. Would you say for look free? At, look at the big brain on Josh. Sean, <laughs> Sean Shelby, and, and yeah. Mitch are over there just watching now, saying, "Damn, that Josh Thompson, he's yeah. dumber than I thought." Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think they've been saying that for years. <laughs> We're gonna break down this last weekend's Bellator show as well as this week's uh, Bellator show coming up Hawaii. in Japan. Hawaii, USO, and then Ryzen, Ryzen, Bellator, Ryzen fight in Japan. Ah, that's good. Cross promotion. I love that. Yeah, hopefully some other The way it's supposed to be (laughs) when it's about the fighters. Mm. Sound a little salty there, John. You got something to say? I am salty. I am pretty fucking salty. I admit it. Um, Okay, let's, let's talk Friday night fights. Friday night was the USO fight, so we had the we joined Bellator joined with the USO. I always say we like because I work for them, but um, we joined with the USO. Uh, Bellator did, and we hosted fights uh, for the military, and it was great. We had tons of people that came out, thousands of people that came out, which is awesome. We went around on Monday and Tuesday. We flew into Hawaii on Sunday, went in Monday Tuesday to hit up all the bases. I was at the Marines all on Monday. I didn't do Tuesday. You did Tuesday though. I was with you on Monday yes, with the Marines. With yes, we were training. It was fun. We had a good, good. we had a good group on Monday. Oh, we had a really good group. They yeah. they were up for anything. Yeah, uh, Dave was texting me how jealous he was because I was hanging out with Jack, uh, Jake Hager. He was like, man, <laughs> he's like, man, I can't. This this is this is bullshit. I can't believe you get to hang out with him. I'm like, no, no, son. He gets to hang out with me. You have I'll to tell remember you, that. <laughs> I'll tell you my Jake Hager story somewhere in here. Okay. 
he was, was classic. He was great, man. It was so embarrassing. It must have been so embarrassing for him to like lose takedown after takedown in front of everybody. To me, I was just <laughs> I was just taking him down at will. Mind you, we were just I was just demonstrating the move, but <laughs> we were just it was great. We had a good time, man. But could and, you beat him in a ladder match for the WWE title? Yeah, a ladder match. I, I, I would. Yeah, could. I could do it. I could beat him. I'll tell you what. You know, one of the things that was funny is to set it up. We were teaching the Marine Corps, and Josh, you know, kind of took it over, and you know, talking about takedowns and setups, you know, following your hands in to get the clinch. But when you were teaching the knee tap, mm-hmm. he was not ready for the knee tap, and he did go down. Hard. <laughs> he said there, and all of a sudden, what? Boom! And he hits uh, the ground. I went, oh, I don't think he was expecting no. that one. <laughs> and actually, I did a thing with him earlier. And I'm so freaking old. I'm showing him. I'm showing him uh, what to do in a plumb and stuff. And, and he goes, "Show me that again." And so I said, "Well, then you just what you do." And I, sw- I sweep his leg, and he started to go down. And I tried to catch him. Yeah. And in catching him, man, I almost pulled my damn hamstring. He's so damn heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great, man. We had so much fun with those guys. And we had Jay Glazer with us. We had Makua Rothman, who's a big wave surfer. Makua is awesome. Makua is a great guy. Uh, Jay, Jay, obviously, uh, the voice, um, you know, the guy's voice just carries over everything. But J.K., you're like that silent guy, real quiet, very nice, very humble, just fun to be around. And, God, man, I had such a great time with him. And it was almost like, uh, what's that, what's that uh, on you know, Saturday morning cartoons, you have the bulldog, right? And Jake Hager's the big bulldog, and I'm the little chihuahua. It was just always like... <laughs> the yippity-yippity yeah, guy. Yapping, just yapping to him the whole time. It was funny. We, we had some good trash talking and some good setups, and we, we went through it all, and... Uh, it was funny. Um, I had a, it was funny. You try to get him to sh- to, to show the, the defense to my choke, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, so I switched it to another you choke. You switched it. You're not supposed uh, to switch it. That's cheating. No, that's how I work around here, son. <laughs> if one submission doesn't work, I go to the next. No, but it was go we, to the next. We had a we had a great time. And then honestly, if you guys haven't seen the footage, you guys got to go to the YouTube uh, Bellator's YouTube channel. And check out the sparring session between Jay Glazer, who's like five six. <laughs> Jay's like five six, five seven, and Jake Hager. They're jousting with headgear and cups on. It was so funny, man. It but I gotta tell you, Jay way out punted the coverage. He did a phenomenal job. I didn't think he was gonna do that good. You said he won. I I, I think the verdict's still out. I got dude, I gotta give it, I gotta give it to my man Jay, man. Look at you can say what you want. There's that motion, and they're talking. You got to imagine that pugil stick is a blade on the yeah. end of your rifle. Yeah. And he hits across Hager. That would a cut hit. That's a slash. That's yeah. a win. That was I'm cool. going Jay Glazer. Wow. Especially after Hager stuck me with the bill. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I forgot. Man. So you're just being a little biased there. You're being biased. No, you got stuck no with the bill. No, I'm going to get it back. To, no, that, you know, that was so funny because. After our USO, you and I are sitting uh, down there with Jay and Hager, and my wife and everyone, and we're having some drinks and we're eating some food, and and Hager just is drinking more and more, and he's uh, getting quieter and quieter. <laughs> he was, and all of a sudden, you know, it's funny because he sits there, and he goes, he's just, he's just dead silent, right? Yeah. I like dogs. <laughs> that started laughing, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at him, right? Yeah, and I go. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. say anything. <laughs> Nothing else. Right? Goes about two minutes, doesn't say a word. I don't like cats. 
That's so funny. Right? And then he's like, two minutes later, see that rock? <laughs> I could do 100 push-ups on that rock. Uh, <laughs> he was just, I'm going, oh, he's uh, toasting. I want to buy you guys a drink. I'm, hey, drinks for everyone. Come on. I'm buying drinks. And he takes off after ordering the drinks. <laughs> for everyone. And he's gone. Yeah. So Jay Glazer is trying to hammer him with the bill for the oh. room by getting his room number. We get his room number, but it comes back. It's bad because there was a uh, slip up between the USO tour and the Bellator thing or something with his room. So I ended up, the, the, the lady brings the bill. It's a $400 bill. Oh, I'm like, son geez. of a bitch, man. I'm going to up. I paid the $400 bill. Oh, man. That bastard, he caught me. He I'm going to get him. He owes you. He owes oh, you. That was funny. Owes you big time. It was a good time. He was so funny, man. He, he, the more he drank, the quieter he got. Yeah, we had a good time, though. We had so yeah. much fun just sitting down by the ocean. It was good. It was funny. I do remember he's like, I like dogs. I like dogs. Everyone kind of, everyone kind of went quiet. <laughs> we were like expecting more. We were expecting more out of it. We all joked, laughed for a second, and then we go back to talking. And then I don't like cats. <laughs> it was funny. It was good though. Anyways, good stuff. We had a great time. If you guys haven't checked out that video, go to the YouTube uh, Bellator's YouTube channel. And check it out. There's a video of Jay and him. You guys, you guys be the decision makers, the judges. But it was pretty funny, man. I was watching it. Great, great. Slash. Yeah. Victory Glazer. I'm we, going, Jay. We had a great tour. Somehow man. I'm going to get a ticket to the Super Bowl here. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I see the angle you're working here, buddy. That's it, man. Um, okay, so let's talk the fight card. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's go. The disappointment. Jo Josh Barnett mm -hmm. is going to be uh, coming out for his debut fight with Bellator. And people didn't, didn't know, but... In Hawaii, there, a lot of our crew got sick. Yeah. It reminded it reminded me of a show that long ago UFC 35, the first time it was ever in uh, Uncasville with Bel with uh, the Mohegan Sun. The hotel we were staying at, everyone got sick. Kevin Randleman was accusing people of poisoning him. It was he was going crazy. Mark Coleman was trying to control him. Uh, everybody got sick, and that kind of happened in Hawaii. There, a lot of people were getting sick. There was something mm -hmm. going around, and Josh just got it because he had it. You know, he was he, he looked good on uh, weigh-in day. Mm -hmm. He did his uh, he did his pro wrestling uh, shtick for the uh, open, open workout, workout, and he and he he did great. He was looking good, and the day of the fight, he just got seriously ill man it happens your wife happens. got sick your wife got my sick. wife got sick yeah we had, we had like yeah. six or seven people on the production team that was sick um yeah. you know we had uh i call her my jamie because she's up at the desk with us like taking care of everything because she's she's amazing so she uh she was helping me and jay and everyone and she got a, she got a little sick she got sick some of the other guys uh you know some of like the bigger uh bigger uh, guys that we would see every day like uh sarno was getting a little bit of a sore throat and he kicked it a little bit but man it's, it's it was going around it was going yep. around and then it wasn't just that you and i kind of even on the day before had kind of like some rumbling stomachs and damn just that acai weed. bowl. I think it was the acai bowl because we both had it like that day. Kick my ass. And I was like, ooh, yeah, this is not going well for me right now. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, I felt so bad for him. Yeah, well, you look at 
Ronnie Marks, I felt bad for him too. Yeah. But he got he got his pay. Yeah. Because you know, he was there to fight and yep. his opponent can't fight. Josh, I don't know if you know Bellator is gonna, you know, help him out there, but that was a big payday that just got crushed mm. by an illness. You talk about a expensive illness. Yeah. That is a bad day at the office right there. I look at it two ways. Bellator did the the right thing. I think I believe they have to pay Ronnie though, right? Cuz he made yeah, weight. Yeah, he made weight yeah. and he was there to fight. They have to pay him at least what they call show money. Yeah. You know. Which normally they, which normally Bellator is uh show money heavy. So yep. they're they're more like yeah. if you're making 150 150,000, you're probably going to get 100,000 of that. It's yep. like your show and then the 50 is to win. You yep. know, so it's normally something around that. Anyways, um, <clears throat> some guys they don't even have it. It's just yeah, yeah, whatever is your yep. that's your pay. Yes, that's so. kind of the deal was. Um, but I look at it this way. I know it wasn't ideal for what Ronnie wanted, but on the uh, on the flip side of it, you get two paychecks because who knows? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like you're you're you got you got pay without taking any damage, and you're guaranteed a fight. Now I do know yeah. there was a little bit of buzz of them maybe potentially being moved to the LA show. I don't know yeah. if that's going to happen or not. I don't either. I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I kind of doubt it. I doubt it too. Cards pretty much already set in place, and you know it's kind of uh, we'd be trying to cram that fight in there, and it just I don't think it would work. You know, um, the other thing too is that I think it would start causing a little bit of problems, like you know, social media wise, and you know, net, uh, media wise, like saying like, oh, well, Josh wasn't feeling well, so oh, now you're going to go ahead and reschedule it this soon. Uh, kind of favoritism kind of thing. So I think the you need to give them a full camp. Both guys, you have a second to kind of take a break from from training for a week or two. Okay, let's reschedule this for a real fight. Back it off for yep. just a couple of weeks, and then mm -hmm. go back into training. Get us get a date and go yep. back into it. Yep. No, I agree. Um, what were the look? What was the, what were the fights that impressed you the most out of that main card? <sighs> out of the main card that night, I thought. Um, let's see, Joey Davis. God. Yeah. Damn, he's looking good. Yep. Joey Davis has turned into an MMA fighter, man. You know, and, and again, this we talk about fight IQ all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris Cisneros has been around a long time. I did done a lot of his fights. We're talking, you know, he's got that, you know, just the staple Hawaiian let's scrap bra. You know, mm -hmm. and he will stand there and throw down with anybody. And Joey Davis came out, took him right off of his feet, and but it wasn't so much the takedown. You know, and, and take him to the ground. I like that. That shows me, hey, you're thinking, you're being smart. You're not going to sit there and throw bombs with a guy that likes to throw bombs. It was the way he did his ground game mm -hmm. and the way he controlled the positions and the posture that he gained and the shots that he was throwing down, how much power was on him. He is just progressing as a fighter, man. And he's going to be... He's going to be the real deal at 170 pounds. People are going to have to watch out because he's athletic. He's fast. He's strong. He hits hard. He's got the whole thing going. So, I mean, I was very impressed with his performance. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. Um He's still he, he he's got a lot he's got he still needs a lot of growth, obviously. We're not we're not saying he doesn't. I did like how smart he was, and when I got to tell you, when he came into the fighter meetings and we was talking, and you saw the excitement on my face, I'm like, man, 
where's this Joey Davis? Like, why can't I hear this Joey Davis every time we have a fighter meeting? And then when he got up there in the cage afterwards and gave his and gave his talk, yep. you are a walking superstar. All you have to do is just speak. Like he's yep. so well, like just so well prepared, so well mannered. So the way he speaks to the public, it was I was I was caught. I was I thought it was amazing. Like he he fought very smart. Nice double legs to take down. I kind of knew he, like, we knew if he uses wrestling, he, there was really no way he was going to lose this fight outside of getting caught on the way in, you know? Um, yep. But uh, I, I look at it, I look in terms of, I don't know if these guys will still be champions or if these guys will still be at the top by the time he decides to, you know, start making those leaps, you know? But he, to me, is someone that can automatically give somebody like MVP a, pro- a problem. Because, oh, of, yeah. because of his wrestling, because of his physicality, because of just just straight athleticism. Like that to me is I know I know he's not quite ready for that yet, that type of level of experience. But shit, man. His wrestling and his physicality and his explosiveness, you I mean and I don't want to jump the gun too much, but him and Lima, like he's kinda has the things that could potentially make it hard for Lima. You know, not yet, but he has they're there <laughs> they're, but i'm saying that they, like yeah, they're no. there and he, we don't like, we don't know if they'll, pro, so, don't know if they'll progress so, enough to get so there, but. so so, he, so he's two years away yeah but in two years look yeah. out yeah look out yeah I, well, that was the that was the first time that joey's been on the main card yeah and uh you know that that's a progression and that's something you know to to get under your belt get used to being in that position where now you're one of the bigger fights that main card now on TV, you know you're going to be on TV. That all is something you learn how to deal with, and he's looking really good. I thought Taiwan Claxton looked really good. Coming off of a loss, a disappointing loss to Emmanuel Sanchez, I think he learned. Mm-hmm. You know, He learned a lot out of that fight because Emmanuel is such a veteran and, and was able to do things in that fight that had never been done to Taiwan as far as pushing the pace on him, making him you know, not be comfortable in positions. Mm-hmm. And Claxton went back to the drawing board, brought people in to help him with certain, you know, areas that he was, you know, getting exposed on. And, you know, he, the kid that he, you know, he fought, I watched all of his fights and his wrestling is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, very good wrestler and depended upon his wrestling. But I, I wasn't, you know, of the mindset that I thought he was going to be able to out-wrestle Claxton. But at times he got good positions on Claxton. Claxton just nice and easy worked his way out and always brought the fight back to the point where he was the one controlling that pace, the distance, where the fight was going to be. Took him down, you know, and just systematically started to dismantle a good young fighter and show the difference in maturity of a more veteran fighter, a guy who's now learning. Oh, I see what you have to do in these moments. I see how you control the pace. I see how you can rest. You know, a, a really important fight, in my opinion, the way he fought it coming off of that loss shows, man, he's got a high IQ and he is, uh, he's still learning. He's got some things to, you know, he's still got to, to work on, but he's going to be something special. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he is going to be something special. He's just got to keep evolving, keep understanding that, you know, they're not going to all be highlight real knockouts. They're yeah. Not, 
You want them to be. Yeah, they're not going to all be that. And then, you know, if it's not going your way, you have to make it. You have to make adjustments between rounds or throughout the round. You know, you, if it's things just aren't happening the way you thought they would happen, you have to make that adjustment and figure it out as you're going. And if you can't do that, you're never going to get to the top. And um, he didn't really have a whole lot of adversity in this fight. But there was moments there where he was in bad positions of potentially being taken down and potentially having his back taken and things like that. And he, like you said, he slowed, it seemed like he slowed his heart rate down, he slowed his pace down, he just focused on the technique to get out of there. Uh, good wrist control every time uh, his opponent had his back, like he had good wrist control, trying to fight, break the wrist, you know, turn and face, that kind of, I thought he did a good job. Um, I, I, I think it, this was a good stepping stone for him to get back on track, you know, um. I would have liked to have seen him get him his opponent out of there. I don't know if that was ever an opportunity. I didn't see an opportunity or a chance for that to really happen, you know, yeah. until till like basically the last like ten seconds. I think is when I think he mounted him. I think the last ten seconds, if I recall, and he just couldn't. You know, there wasn't enough time. But yeah. uh, overall, like, I agree with you. He made he made all the right adjustments throughout from the last fight to this fight. And uh, his opponent, though, his opponent showed though too that. He's not quite ready for that level, but he deserves to be in Bell. Like he deserves to be in a bigger promotion. He's just not oh, yeah. quite ready for that Claxton or like that, that kid's he's, good. He's good. So <laughs> he just needs to make a couple adjustments and, and understand that hey, every just because you're winning in the gym against guys your size, guess what? There's another two hundred people There's your size out there. Bigger fish in yeah. the pond. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them out there. So, but Braden, Braden fought really well. Yes. Especially, you know, coming in, you know, not a ton of experience. You know, just really, he impressed me. He, yep. the, he's going to be a good fighter. Yeah, yeah. Very true. What was the, uh, the other fight that was on there? Ah, oh, come on. It was actually my performance, the fight of the night. Alejandro Lara. And, Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> John, 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 calm down. Oh no, buddy. no, no, calm no. Down. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the fighter meetings and my partner Josh oh, Thompson. Oh, I, I finally figured out how I can shut Josh up. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to do is have Alejandro Lara walk that was in. So funny. In Hawaii, and he just. Uh, <laughs> I, I admit, I, I did I, the same thing. I had nothing to say. I was like, uh, she. Uh, well, hello. Yeah, like yeah. Like, if you guys are at home watching and you guys think she's beautiful, wait till you see her in person. Good God. So she she's a <laughs> Good pretty, God. She's a pretty, pretty girl. Um, she is a pretty girl. And but, she's just a sweetheart of a yes, person. Yes, yes. Um, look, I was a little concerned when we were talking game plan with her and she said, oh, she felt comfortable being on her back. And I was like, oh, you don't want Vita Ortega on, your, on top. I, I, like, uh, uh. I was like, I don't know about that. But. I, I think I don't know something happened from her last performance where she fought at 135 to this performance. She looked really good at 135, so I was like, "Oh, she's going back down to 125." I don't know how's this. But gonna she work. didn't make weight. Yeah, she didn't. But she missed it by what? Point zero six. Uh, no, point eight. Yeah. Oh, point, point eight. Point eight. Okay. So she didn't. She didn't miss it by a lot. Like, no. you know, uh, Toby Mies Toby Misek missed it by five pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's missing. Yeah, that's that's like you almost didn't try, and and yeah. I and I'm and I like Toby, but um, look, that's an air ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
what was I saying? I was yeah, we were talking about Alejandro a lot. <laughs> so we were <laughs> it just became one of those uh I was getting concerned when she said the game plan was like if I get taken down or if I'm on my back, I'm okay. I can I you know, I'm like believe in my my submissions and this I'm like, no, you don't want Vidar to, on top of you, oh. raining down punches, carrying her weight, like you just don't want that, you know, and she had lost to Alimale that way, you know, like being on bottom, just trying to hit submissions and just, just got out worked yep. and just out hustled and just, and Lima was just nasty with, Alimale was just nasty on top. And so she never got off the bottom and she lost the fight, she lost her chance of being, being the champ. And, and so when I see, when I, when I heard that, I just thought to myself, this is, this is not going to, this may not go your way. But then she came out and she fought a completely different fight. And I'm oh. like, okay, perfect. Never under, she was never on the bottom, and nope. her striking has absolutely turned the corner. She yep. is so much better now. She understands, man. She was shooting that left hand straight down the pipe, and then elbows inside. Everything she did was smart. Everything she was throwing was in this tight box, mm -hmm. while Vita was throwing these looping shots to the outside, and she's just lacing her up with those tight shots inside or that straight left that she was hammering her with god dang it would look good yeah i i had um came to the conclusion that they must have saw something in vita's game that made them realize that when they got a, a vita against the cage don't throw any punches throw elbows because what I had seen from Vita was that she throws really loopy punches from from when her back is to the cage. She can't. She doesn't have the space to throw. You know, to to throw tighter punches. She doesn't throw tighter punches when her back is to the fence. So when they push her back to the fence and through elbows, all of Vita's punches were going around her head, around Alejandro's head. So nothing was landing. Her face was her face was wide open to be elbowed, and it was a brilliant game plan that. And then they, you know, they kept going to the body. They kept going to the head. They kept, you know, doing things like that with the push kick to the body, the side Changing kick to the body, it up. and the head kick. And then that head kick, she landed beautifully, knocked her down, locked Vita down. How many times? I want. She not. She landed a couple times, but she only knocked her down one time with the head yeah. kick right in the first. But she, she had, she fought a very well-rounded fight, and I agree with that. Straight left down the pipe. That was all set up by little feints and little things that she had done to head, set up the head kick as well. And so it, what, I thought she fought a wonderful fight in Vita the whole time. Just just straight up is a dog, man. Just going in there and just getting after it, man. She was, she's just fucking gritty as all she hell. She got no quit, man. No, there's never yeah. a moment where I was like, oh, she's going to quit. Never a moment do I think that. No. Nope. Ever. That's what you, I, I talked to her after. I said, look, she was frustrated. I said, if you go back and you watch the fight, it's one or two little tweaks here and there that that, that would have changed things. I said, but there's not something you can fix in the like because you throw loopy punches. That's that's a that's a habit. That's not something you in the beginning in the in the, in the fight you just fix. Like, oh okay, you know. And they've been game planning for you for that. You know, throwing yeah. close in elbows and and so that that made it kind of that made it uh, made her understand that like go back and watch the fight. You're still in this one. You know. Focus on a couple things at camp and come back in and you just make those tweaks and you'll be back on top. You'll be ready to get your title shot again. You know, yeah. so she 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 seemed like she understood. Um, you know, she'd hit me up uh, yesterday and said, you know, hey, I appreciate the kind words and uh, thanks for buying me a drink. And, and uh, you know, it just I like to I like to when the younger fighters come up to me and talk to me, I just like to be like, hey. You're still in this. It's like one loss has not defined your career or who you are. You just got to make a couple oh. tweaks and get back at it. 
I, t- I talked to her too and told yeah. her, you know, little tiny things. Yeah. There's little, tighten things up. If you tighten things up, you're not going to take as many shots. Things are going to go your way. You're going to be landing shots. That's going to affect your opponent. Uh, you know, if there's one thing I can say about it, I say it with the utmost of respect. She is a junkyard dog. Yeah. Man, she will just latch on, bite bite on you, and not let go no matter what you do. And I love that attitude from her. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. Yep. Um, okay, so the main event, which got bumped to the main event, which was Eric Perez yeah. and uh, Toby Misek. Yeah. So... Look, I gotta tell you, when, as soon as we found out, and we had known a couple, like two fights before, I think that, that Josh was out. And when we found out Josh was out, I was like, "Oh man, you have this. We have the girl fight that's basically on deck right now." I'm like, "Oh, this could be, this could be a, a, a kind of like could be a sleeper fight. Like we saw, it was a great fight, a sleeper fight, or it could have just been a sleeper, as in like a snoozer fight too. Snoozer fight. You just never know what you're gonna get. I mean, we know Rita. She always tends to bring it, and Alejandra looked really good her last fight. So I was like, "All right, this could potentially work out to be great." But you just weren't, we weren't sure. Um, the Toby and Perez fight. I was like, "Look, if the two of them decide to stand and trade." This could this will work out wonderful for us. We couldn't have asked for Bellator couldn't have asked for a better situation when your main event like that drops off yeah. on how your last two fights finished. Absolutely. We, we fucking got lucky. We oh, yeah. yeah, we got lucky. I mean, you could have had two fights that just drug out and went the distance and nothing was done. I thought I thought uh, unfortunately for Eric Perez it didn't go his way, but Toby Mesa came out beautiful job and what what this is what we talked about in the uh, fight insights. When Eric Perez stepped off the scale and walked up to Toby, he goes, "Hey, let's give the fight the fans want to see." <laughs> ah, you thought I was going to mess it up, huh? <laughs> no, you did it good, man. Yeah, he said, "Let's give the fight the fans want to see." And he, when he said that, I was like, and we had talked to Toby about being smart in that in the fighter means. We talked to him and said, hey, "If you fight smart, you've got a chance." Got and, a good chance in that in that first exchange. They came out and they both threw like two or three punches. Boom, 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 real quick. And Toby backed out and he like reset and re-entered. It was like for another. He, that's being smart. The, yes. Had he not, not been the, smart. That's not the Toby that we've seen in the past. Exactly. And so that to me was being smart. I'm like, oh, he may be taking this shit serious right now. Like this is yeah. legit. And then that next combination, that next combination came and it was like, oh shit, this fight is over. Oh, dude. <clears throat> when, it, when he hit him with that left hand, you saw it. Just connected yep. perfectly, and, and Perez actually was still there, man. His hands yep. actually went back, but that next left that came down, it knocked him unconscious, and he got hit with another one and another one. That one brought him back, yeah. And he, but he had no idea what occurred, and I was really looking forward to seeing Eric because I, I like Eric, and mm-hmm. I think he's a good fighter. He fights well everywhere. The one thing that I was worried about for Eric in this was the speed of Toby's hands mm-hmm. because, you know, he's called too quick for a reason. He's yeah. got fast hands and he gets fast knockouts. But on the ground, Perez was going to have him. No doubt in my mind. If it went to the ground, Perez is the way better ground fighter. And I really liked the way that Perez came in, man. He was happy to be there. You saw it in his face, man. I wanted, oh, I can't wait. You know, he's coming off of a five fight win streak. Three of those were in the UFC. He had a three-fight win streak when he left. Why did he leave? Do we know? Yeah. <laughs> I was told certain things. I'm not sure if it's, you know, exact, but 
basically you have other uh you have a couple of different latino fighters there and they decided who they wanted how's that got it and so he went to combates mm -hmm. combate americas and he got two wins there but he was like no nah, these aren't the these aren't the caliber guys i want to be mm -hmm. fighting i want to be fighting the best and he signed with bellator and it's always tough when you go from one promotion to another yeah. and then to another. You know, it's not easy. Yeah. You know, people think it's so, oh, you know, oh, it's no big deal. No. I don't care how many fights you have had when you switch promotions and now you're having that first time of stepping in that cage that they have. It's tough, man. There's a lot of pressure and it's it's self-imposed pressure, but it's pressure and you've got to be able to deal with it. And many times, good fighters lose that first fight in that promotion just yep. based upon being tight. Just nerves. Nerves get yep. to you. There's so much pressure on you just to perform, knowing that odds are if you came from one promotion to the next and you're coming on a winning streak or you're coming like and with someone of a name, they paid you pretty well if you left that other yep. promotion. So there's like, That's okay, it. well, now it's time for me to earn my keep. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I thought... Obviously, for Eric, there wasn't a whole lot of chance to showcase everything that he has the potential to showcase. But I thought Toby fought a very smart exchange. But I would show this. <clears throat> what I mean by smart, and you can see by the experience, is that <clears throat> Alejandro Lara dropped Vita with a head kick. And when she went down, she rushed in and lunged in with the straight left and missed. And then they well, got she actually missed it all, went off to the side on yeah. one of them. She yeah, had so two she, of them. So <laughs> she missed it. Toby stalked his way in and just stepped right in, boom, for the straight left, right in front, bam. And I thought that showed his his uh experience as well as just his composure in the big yep. situ in a big situation like that. I mean, I got I can't tell you how many times that I've like ran in like almost and just overreacted and it's just natural. Yeah, just missed it's it. It's so natural. Like, you actually have to hold yourself back yep. from doing it. And say slow down because mm -hmm. you want it. It's my chance to end this. I can end it. Yeah. And instead of ending it, you end up creating a mess because you miss. Yeah. And you give that person the opportunity to recover. But Toby looked great. Saturday night was a good night. Um. What fight? What fight stood out to, the most to you? Ah uh, man. It's so hard to you know say exact, but I I would tell you straight I gotta give it to I gotta give it to Alimale, and the reason I gotta give it to her is just understanding the that situation and the pressure, and incredibly how well she handles the situation, the pressure she's under, the atmosphere for someone who has eleven professional fights. She amazes me in her way. She is crying mm -hmm. during walkouts and then pulls it together and puts on a great performance against a, a girl that I know people don't really know a whole lot about Kate. I've been in there. She's strong as hell. You could see it by her wrist control and the way she was able to hold on to Alimale. She's good, and Alimale just every round went out and just did better and better and better and put on a fantastic performance mm -hmm. over five rounds. And, you know, at moments, if she would have gotten the takedown 30 seconds before she did, fight mm -hmm. probably would have been over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so really impressed with her performance. Uh, I just 
I cannot emphasize how much composure and her ability to handle pressure is just incredible to me. I get nervous when um, when I see her in the back, you know, because you know they they have their uh, their their song or their chant, you know, she called it a chant. Yeah. They have a chant before she walks out and fights, but they're they're rehearsing it in the back. <laughs> so, it's just so much energy and yeah, the like drain. Wasted. That's what I'm talking about. It's like wasted energy. I'm thinking to myself, you're about to fight, potentially fight 25 minutes, and you're back here. I don't want to call it the shaka, but whatever you know, like you're back here. The haka, haka. I mean, like you're back. You're out here, just using up energy i'm like man and then she did it again I, on the front and i'm like that's what i'm talking about oh. she amazes me because she didn't get tired in that fight yeah i yeah. i i saw not I, at all it looked like she did in like going into the second looked like she or into the second she looked tired and then all of a sudden i think towards the end of the second maybe i'm thinking of the third round one of the rounds she started to look like she started to get tired and then she got a takedown, and it was like almost like an adrenaline boost. She just she, she caught her second wind, and she looked way better after that. I was like, wow, yeah. she just looked more more dominant. And I think Kate just never. It's hard to catch your second wind when someone's on top of you, just pouncing, you know, pounding you or hit, putting their weight on you and your pressure on you. She fought. She fought a great fight. She fought a smooth fight. Um, she did what she needed to do to win. She needs to work on her stand up, you yep. know. And I thought I, agree. I thought it, I thought it looked better, but it did look better, but still. Yeah, I just I want to I want her to understand I, I want her to understand like you know you've got Liz Carmouche now we've got Kat Zingano who is who actually at the table told us we I, I may try it. to cut the twenty five and I'm like you and I are like not a good idea don't do it don't do it but <laughs> she may try to cut the twenty five I mean I hope she doesn't yeah I hope she doesn't either she is thirty she is thirty seven years old and she you know it's like it's gonna be hard for her to make that weight That's... Um, but. Then, but then you've got uh, Juliana Velasquez, who to me though, honestly, Juliana looked good. See, you thought she looked good. I thought she, I thought she looked bad. Well, oh I, my no, god, you're crazy. I, she looked good, but you got to start as a, if if you're a promotion, and I'm gonna play the, I'm gonna play devil's advocate to you apparently, because um, I don't think anybody else is gonna give you crap what I say. But I'm just say like, let's just call it like it is. She should have got her out of there. Okay. I'll 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 back you on that. If I you're think gonna, she should have. If I'm gonna say, hey, you're next in line for a title shot, and she was just stalking her and punching, and then she'd stop and back away. She'd stalk her, punch her, and then stop and back away. And I get it. Uh, Bruna Ellen is good and tough. She's fast, quick, all those things. But there was never a moment with Julian was in trouble. Like there was never want, a moment where. You, mm -hmm. I want you to watch one thing Bruna does because I've watched it over and over and over in her fights. And she's, she's gotten rid of this habit halfway, but she still has the habit. And you know, I never say anything about it. I'm saying it now. You watch her, and she used to actually. She does. She does this tilt with yes. her hips. Yeah. Okay. It's a. It's. It's almost like a, just a habit. She used to actually take her hands and push her hands down towards her hip when she would do it. And I was like, Hey, man, th that's a bad tell, man. That's a horrible thing that. I actually talked to her team about it and said, hey, man, she's got a, she does this and she puts her head, she doesn't even know she does it. It is just a oh, habit yeah. that someone has not broken her from. Are you fucking blind? Like, that's the first thing I saw when she was like, she was like, <laughs> she's doing the Dak Prescott warm up. 
like yep. that, that, you know, that little twitch yeah, to the yeah, hip. Do it, do it, do it. Yep. Uh, and I'm like, uh, but I thought maybe because you know Machita does that every once in a while. Machita yeah, will do it, and then but you know, um, she does not throw a kick off of it. She doesn't throw a kick, so it's you know when she does it, she's out of position. Go, wow. and it's there for you. And I'm like, God dang, man, she still has that hitch. It That's is crazy. going to. It's it is crazy. It's like, who is it in her camp that is not seeing that she does this over and over and over again? It needs to be corrected. I thought she was doing it as like a feint to like throw her kick behind it or yeah. set up like punching or nothing, huh? I mean, from where I'm, like you're sitting cage side when you for her, I'm sitting up yeah. at the desk, so I'm kind of like watching it from the monitor, trying to watch it through the, the from far away through the through the yeah. cage. So it's a little different. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I was I was wondering. I thought maybe she was doing like kind of the Machita thing, you know, whatever it is. But <laughs> Juliana Velasquez. Technically looked good, but I feel she like looked look, good, dude. you got to If you want, if you want to like get, if you want to get that title shot, you, you want to emphasize your place mm -hmm. in the position for the next title shot. Yeah, you got to get rid of people, especially after you had such a dominant and good performance by Alejandro Lara the night before. Yeah, and I'm not saying that because it's Alejandro. <laughs> I'm saying that because she had a good performance, a really dominant performance against Vita who just fought for the title. Yep. Now Juliana is undefeated. Juliana Velasquez is, has but been very I, dominant, has been very I dominant. I can go back mm -hmm. and say, all right, well, Juliana just beat Bruna and the fight before she beat Christina Williams, who mm -hmm. actually beat Alejandra, mm -hmm. and the fight before that she beat Alejandra Lara. Yeah, but she deserves all, the title shot. But we've seen two. We've seen Alejandra Lara look better in the last two fights, a lot better yep. in the last two fights. Yep. True. But I, I I understand where everyone's going with this. I do. I understand. You have someone who's undefeated. She has been dominant through all of her fights, all of her victories. But she just didn't like impress me, and like this, I'm like, you got to You got to When you got someone hurt as many times she had, Bruna Alf hurt. Like you got to get her out of there. Not to mention the size difference. Like good God. Like if that fight goes the difference, <laughs> if that fight goes the distance in Pride or, or yeah Pride, they give it to the smaller person. You know, you're not. Yes, like, yeah, like <laughs> Juliana Velasquez walked out of the cage. I was like, and Bruna walked like behind her. I'm like, good heavens. You are like you're like a whole other weight class above you. She is so big, she is. huge, huge. Um, yeah, I thought I thought she I thought she had a good fight. She uh, did. You know, yeah, I guess she'd be next. Okay. She had a good fight, man. Okay. You got you got to give it to her. Bruna yeah. is good. Bruna is fast with her hands. She <laughs> likes to, you know, throw her hands. And Juliana just picked her apart. Yeah, yeah. For so one who thing is, I would like to see is Juliana start to transition more into a full MMA yeah. uh, fighter and bring her grappling into play at times, but she just likes to stand up. Well, she's so long, and you can tell that she seems to be bigger than all the girls that she's fighting. Like her, her arms are really long. Um, she's that long-range boxing type fighter from the feet. And, you know, when she gets to the clinch, she'll utilize her judo a little bit, but as well as her dirty boxing. She's got that little, she's got, yep. you know, she's nasty in that those little areas there. Um, what other fights were on that card? AJ McKee and Derek Campos for mm. advancement 
in the featherweight Grand Prix. Yeah, um, I'm gonna get a. Oh. I'm gonna pro- go. You go first because I'm. I no, lot, no, no. I, go ahead. I got a it's lot. Right. To say. I got a lot to go. say. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna be very critical of our young, talented young man, AJ McKee. Go ahead. Be and I feel like he was exposed. He was exposed to the fact that he's still young. He was exposed to the fact that he looked like he was exhausted. And, and why? And he didn't, from, he didn't look like he was exhausted. He, he was, was for exhausted, a short moment there. <laughs> but he just, I felt like he he tried too hard in the first round, especially in the yep. first two minutes. He tried so hard. The adrenaline came out of him. And he just had that dump. And sure, he looked so sloppy. Not the AJ that we normally see. He just looked sloppy, looked careless. He looked reckless. I think he really believed that Campos was going to, like, that he could just push Campos around and Campos would, like, back away. I'm like, have you never seen one of Campos's fights? Because <laughs> I just wanted to know if we, if we had the same assessment of who you were fighting. Like, Campos is. You talk about Vita being a junkyard dog. That's yep. fucking Campos to the T. Like when that you pull is. up junkyard dog, there's fucking Vita Ortega's there, and there's the Campos on the other side. Those female two version, male yeah, version. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're just nasty, dirty, gritty fighters. Like they're just down to get down. And um, and when he couldn't get him out of there, like there was moments there where you saw AJ like pulling pulling guard. Now there was one where he fell back to his back, which I thought was a good exchange for AJ. That showed he was still had his wits about him, because he had got clipped a little bit over the back of the head in the little exchange on the ground. And when he went to get up, Campos had cupped the back of his head like he was gonna dirty box him, and AJ just kind of rolled back to his back, back so he couldn't hit get the uppercut or hit, land the dirty boxing. I was like, that was very smart. That showed me fight IQ. That showed me that he, you know, like, hey, you knew that you were going to hit with some position. Yeah. yeah. But he just gave up a lot of positions in, in situations where he didn't need to. Trying to be too hard. Trying to be too exciting. Yeah. And I when think that, it's, that happens, get, it's not you, good. You get used to putting people away, eight mm-hmm. seconds, and then you go, he's going out fast, too. Yeah. And if you think about all of the things that AJ hit on Derek, you know, went for a Dars, went for a rear naked, went for an arm bar at one point on one, all these different things. He was throwing up a lot of stuff and he squeezed, Mm -hmm. he squeezed on that rear naked. When you knew you don't have that, you don't have, you don't have that set, right? You don't have the angle on it. You're not going to get that. And it was almost like, you know, when you see guys that they tap guys out in the gym that, just tap because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like Derek Campos ain't going to tap to that dude. He, you can make him as uncomfortable as you want. He will not tap to, mm-hmm. you know, discomfort. He is going to stick with it. And so you've got to know, I'm not going to squeeze in this situation because I don't have it. You squeeze when you have it. You know, once you know my arm is right and my lock is right, now I, everything I have, I, I make a pressure that makes him know, oh, you're going unconscious. But, you know, the first round, he won 10-8. It was a 10-8 round. Now, the second round is the you one think? that you're talking about. Yeah, I know so. Look yeah. at all the attempts. Did he, did, he damage, did he damage Derek? Yes. He heard him, knocked him down, in fact. Right? Did he dominate the round? Yes. Right there, mm-hmm. automatic 10-8 round. Okay. So, definite 10-8 round in the first round. Man, we just give it out 10-8s like candy. 
just like candy that's a snicker bar baby (laughs) i get what you're saying though i do i do get what you're saying yeah okay we go go back to the actual the scoring criteria and you're you're checking off all the boxes and i'm i'm at home as a fan just watching going yeah and you're and you're and you're looking at it going aj i don't like the way you're fighting yeah that's true and we'll get in we'll get into how me as a fighter view it yeah, because we're gonna talk. We'll talk more later about the Joe Rogan and some of his comments, and I want to talk about that, which will lead into that. But yeah, go ahead. So, I, second round comes out, and you can see AJ is a little gasped from all that stuff in the first round, and then he tried to do a couple of things, and then you know Derek Campos is gonna be he's gonna be in your grill. That is his style of fighting. If he can get in your grill and start winging shots, he wants to lull you in to that brawl he's he's the bull in this you know you got to be smart you cannot sit there and ram heads in with a guy that's got a freaking thick skull and Derek campos got a thick skull man he's a tough dude but this is the kind of fight that i always look at and i go that's a good fight for you i hope you learn something out of that fight i hope you realize you just can't overrun a good fighter you can't overrun everyone in this division you have to be a smart fighter and work your way into the point where now i get them yep so yeah i i thought for me aj came out sloppy just the nerves i think just like you said that he got used to the eight second knockouts the you know the flashy knockouts but you're not fighting somebody with the experience and the experience of the level that Derek campus has fought um there's that and then the fact that he had, he are we seeing well I always I always talk about Darren Caldwell the fast twitch muscle the fast twitch muscle fiber those guys tend to slow down as the fight goes on the rest of these fights are five round fights we have how many not, five round how many five round fights has AJ McKee fought I don't even know if he's been outside the second round yet <laughs> this uh, is it yeah that this, one right that there that was the one there but we didn't get you the know. championship rounds exactly <clears throat> which. The thing is, and I look back at that submission, he jumped on trying to basically get to the back, slid off, and on the process was able to catch the wrist and pull yep. Campos in. That, that was exactly the, the wrist s- control on that situation was the only reason that that came about. And then not only that, but then I want people to understand is that when they when something like that happens, the sweat sometimes helps you get into a tighter position than hurts you. Some people think you just, oh, you're sweaty, you slide right off. Not all the time. Sometimes I slide on, and when I, if I lock at the right time, it's on tight and it's on quick. It's like, whoop, and it's on. There's nothing you can do. And I, I, I just saw the – when if Campos taps, I'm letting you guys know, that means that shit was tight. Like he – I mean, he's just not trying to get out of that nothing. And I haven't well, seen him look this good in a long, long time. Did, did you see what, what AJ did? Because a lot, a lot, you know. In fact, <laughs> I I want to say that you know our uh, our ring announcer is Michael C. Williams, who is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you know, he said he came to me, and I I've, I've always told him, I say, hey, if you ever have a doubt about what it was, just ask me, and I'll tell you exactly what it was. So he goes triangle armbar, and I go no armbar. Mm-hmm. You, you don't tri- you don't triangle the he said he didn't have a triangle on it. God. He had an armbar. He just has his legs in a figure four to control the body. Yeah. But when you see AJ, AJ starts to pull, but then smart. Yeah. Nope, let me wrap that. He wraps it, and then watch the hip extension 
Yeah. That was a tight arm bar. Yep. You know, if I was Derek Campos, I'd have been doing this a lot faster. Yeah, that, I did see that actually. I did see that actually how he did it. He actually stuck his his put the basically stuck put the, that arm the hand behind the armpit. Yep. <clears throat> Just kind of locked it in and hipped into it. Oof. Well, and it's also you know this is for people to realize when I have that arm and I have a hold of it and I'm trying to put that thumb up and I have it on my chest here. Mm-hmm. I want you to think of the difference of the length from my chest to that hand being behind. Think of how much deeper that is and how much more extension you get. Mm-hmm. That is a tight arm bar. That is exactly almost like what Ronda Rousey caught Kat Zingano in when they had their fight. It was only like 14 seconds long. Mm-hmm. You know, Kat went after and made a mistake and gets caught. And you see Ronda lace that arm behind and extend the hips. Mm-hmm. That's tight. Yep. Yeah. Um, what other fight? Different leg position. Yeah, what other fight did we have? Well, you know, we had uh, – I I always have a um, a thing about Zach Zane. Mm. You know, I like, I like Zach Zane. I like Nainoa Dung. Nainoa is young, and there's so much for him to learn and came in this as 2-0, wanting to take on a guy like Zach, who is an experienced fighter, a guy that I've you know been in the cage with. Very exciting guy. I was really impressed by Zach and how composed he was and controlled because Zach is the guy that takes crazy chances in fights. He had a great, I need to take this kid to the ground. I need to use my my ground game. But I was very impressed with Nainoa off his back, man. He hit that reverse multiple times, the same you know, reverse hook every time. Yeah, yeah he hit it sweep. every time. You know, he would extend out, boom, you see him, all of a sudden, there goes your tip, and he's, mm-hmm. he's coming over on top. But Nainona lost that fight on just maturity, just being a young guy and not, you know, wanting to go out there and you know, throw his hands and, re- and not, you know, saying, I realize this guy wants to take me down. Let me, let me just let him try to come towards me instead of overextending towards him and letting him shoot under him and bring him down. I thought it was a great fight by Zach. I was very impressed with Zach. I loved the third round by Nainoa. He's trying to finish the fight. He's got Zach tired. He's got Zach hurt, you know, and, and he thinks he wins the fight because of it. And it was a great round, but no, you got, you know, you got to win at least two of those and you lost the first two. You were going into that last round having to finish the fight or get a 10-8. And, and you were on your way. You were doing a lot of good things, but he was able to, again, take you down, hold position because you overextended on a couple of things. And it's just a matter of time. Time and understanding and being able to relax in the fight. You know, Nainona Dung is going to be really good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on calling him. He'll be really good. I'm gonna hold <laughs> off on that. Um, it's just relatively too. It's too. It's too soon. I I didn't. I there was things in that fight I didn't like that I saw. What I what I didn't like that I saw was um. There was no sense of urgency. It was almost like he expected to win when he walked in. You're only two and zero, buddy. Like it's not like <laughs> it's not like you're fifteen and zero. Like I get I get the AJ McKee arrogance. Like I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying that he, the confidence and the arrogance. Like you walk into the cage, you're two and zero. You're you know like, eh. Let's 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 hold the, let's hold the, the the parade. 
Okay, yeah. I like the kid. Very well spoken. Very humble. Very nice when you talk. But that night when he walked in and that first round, it was almost like no sense of urgency. Like, eh, okay. And he was on the bottom. Didn't really try to do anything when he got taken down. It's like, oh, I'm okay. Just, you know, like I'm just out here doing what I'm doing. Almost like as if he knew that he was going to win the fight. Like they were, the judges were just going to give it to him. Second round, after they came back after the first round, do you remember what his corner told him? Give me as much heart and, and desire that guy has. They said, yep. like, I, want, I need a little you bit more. You need like, to a, match his intensity. Yes, that's it's what exactly they said. exactly what they said. I need a little bit more intensity. I need I, I need some sort of push, you know? So give me some energy out there. And I, just, thought, I thought it was the right call. Greg Jones is the one that said it. I go, yep, you're right. Yeah, he does. He just needed, like, there was no sense of urgency. Like, and then he got taken down again in the second, and he kind of did the same thing in the beginning. Of uh, and Then he finally got one of the hook sweeps. And he's like, oh, I can get this. And then so every time he got taken down, he was able to get back to his feet doing that. But it took him a couple seconds or two to really try to focus and get back on that. And by then, Zach had already won rounds one and two. Um, the thing, the, the other thing, too, is we I, I always say fighter IQ. And the reason why I say fighter IQ is that he didn't show any in the third round. So he did he did well by doing the body kicks. Bam! Had him rocked. Kind of rushed in a two little bit. Them. Two of them. Very nicely done. But there was an exchange at the end with, I want to say, like a minute left where he scrambled, got up from the bottom because he got taken down, got up from the bottom, could have made space. Get back ah, to your I feet. Know. Get back You're to your feet. Right. Instead, he tried jumping like, to the back. What and are then you doing? Stop. Yeah. He tried to jump to the back. Zach caught the body, and he ended up on bottom again. And that's how the fight ended. And I'm like, all he had to do was just back away, get up. Get up, you got, you got 50 seconds or 45 seconds to go to the body again. You need a 10-8 round. I'd rather leave with a draw than leave 2-1. and one. You know, I mean, now you're you're a 500 fighter. It's 500. Uh, well, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, 500 you're, is 1-1, 2-2. One one, two yeah, and but two. You're, what I'm saying, though, is that you're 2-1. You're, you're it's not like yeah, I, you expect more out of the young, talented guys. That, there's so much hype around him. I, but it, I, I look at it this. Yes. I, I agree with everything you're saying, okay. but he's taking on a guy with a whole lot more experience. Very true. A, a whole lot more maturity. And you've got to overcome that when you're 20 years old. 20 is so freaking young to be it fighting is. on a big platform, man. It's it, to have that pressure. And he was really, I think, you know, he had said, he had made the statement, you know, Zach Zane is the number one lightweight in in the Hawaiian Islands. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it, and I'm gonna. I want to take that from him. I want to be the number one. If I beat him, then I'm the number one, and and that's a good. It's a good focal point. It's something to shoot at. It's your target. I like it, but like you said, you've got to be structured in your way of how am I going to go about doing it, and the game plan that he had, what it, what it was, I'm not sure. But it ended up being, I'm going to be relaxed in the first round. You're right. I was really surprised he was not trying to get himself out because when you're looking at both guys, you're saying one has a distinct advantage on the feet. I thought that that uh, Nainoa has a distinct advantage. Technically, he's just better than Zach. He's cleaner. He's got power in his hands. Zach, on the ground, I thought he had it a little bit over Nainoa. Not, you know, the ability to to just wear him out there, which he kind of was trying to do. But I'll give I'll give Dunn credit. He did really good on the ground as far as protecting himself for most of it. He didn't take a lot of big shots, especially in that first round. 
but you got to know you're losing those rounds. And if you're losing the rounds and then you go and you lose the second, there's only one way you can go out in that third, and that's balls to the wall to get that win. Mm-hmm. Look, <clears throat> you just said that with him about Nainoa. Um, wanted to fight Zach Zane because he's considered to be the number one guy in Hawaii. That just shows me right there that he is not ready f- to make those decisions because you're only 2-0 and and you're fighting somebody. You're asking to fight someone who is, what was he, 12-7 and or something? Or, I don't know. Oh, no. He's more uh, of that. Zach Zane's like 13-8. and eight. 13, yeah, something like that. Anyways, 12-7. He, <clears throat> he started off his career with a bunch of, a bunch of losses just out of not knowing what he's doing. Now he yeah. can fight. Now he can yeah. fight. But I'm going to go back to this. Is I'm going to go back to Joey Davis. We sat in the fighter meetings and we asked him, like, hey, you've got, you know, you're 7 0 now. 7 0. He's finally just getting on the main card. And let's talk. Let's talk, like, you know, like, um, what's your future hold? You know, let's say he's like, look, every time I fight, he's like, you know, who do you want to fight? Every time I fight, I'm just in there getting better. That's it. There's no Doesn't rush. Doesn't matter who I fight. There's no rush to get to the top. There's. No, he's not saying like, "Give me Lima," you know, "Give me this," "Give me that." Slow down. You yeah. once you, Aaron Pico, Aaron Pico found out the wrong way. Let's push you to the top. Let's go. Sure, you're talented. You got all the skills, but now, now it's like, the mystique of you is over. And people, they, it's just not there anymore. Sure, you're gonna have fan support. People will always love Aaron Pico because he's he's a great person. He's he's got a great great story behind him. But Nainoa Dung has has all that as well. You don't want to lose it at such a young age, at 20 years old. You don't want to lose it. And I feel like he, that was a step in the wrong direction, obviously, because you lost. But you yeah. can't be calling your own shots of like, hey, let me fight Zach Zane because he's the number one Hawaiian. Don't do that. Like that's 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 the immaturity of like it's a rush, it's it's a race to get to the top. No, you're 20 years old. You're 20 years old. Like you well, know, I, 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 I want to remind you of someone that was 20 and he could beat the world at that time. There was a guy named Josh Thompson. <laughs> you remember? You remember what you were like when you were 20? Yeah, yeah. You know, I do remember. I think I was in the. I was almost in the UFC. I was already fighting some of the best guys in the world. I get it. But the thing is, it's not. It's not even about that, though. I wasn't in there going, "Hey, I want BJ Penn." Are fucking- you smarter now than you were when you were twenty? Of course. Of course. How much? But I wasn't. A, I wasn't in a race to get up to BJ Penn and get knocked the fuck out. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm. <laughs> like that's the difference. I, I also I think as a fighter you need to know your limitations and while you're still young you're still growing like when when you step into that cage this is like it's the hurt business we're we're in here it to hurt people business. you need to realize the guys you're fighting they're they're just as good as you and some of them will be better than you you have to pick and choose your fights properly like hey I'm not saying you need to stand there and say like I want to fight that guy I want to fight that guy but you also need to know your limits you need to say like ah. That guy's really good. You know, I'm still young. I've got plenty of time. You're not going to hit your stride until you're 26, son. Like, he, there's no way. Like, oh. he, he's going to be 24, 25, 26. You've got years to do this. So let's slow it down. Let's take advantage of the fact that you're now at 365, training with guys like Michael Chandler, Adam Borich, you know, Michael Johnson, all these guys. Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman. Oh. I mean, like, let's just slow yep. it down and take your time. I mean, that's just the only knowledge that I can think or give to him. Because you want to fight the number one guy in Hawaii, just there's no rush. We'll get to him. I agree. Okay, and, and if I we agree. if we if we don't rush it, who knows? We might even pass that guy without ever having to fight him. 
I can rep the flag without having to fight that guy because I'll maybe pass somebody else that's better than him already. Like it doesn't make a difference. Like at times and styles make matchups, and that's the thing. I was uh, that's what disappointed me. Like he had that talk and that conversation, the fighter me with him, and then I turn, and you know seconds later I talk to Joey Davis, and I'm like. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear what he said. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear what Joey Davis said amongst all the young talent that gets signed to our roster. It was. It's very. It's very impressive on what he said. He just. He made it very clear. Like, look, it doesn't matter who they put in front of me. I want to beat them. And if I'm not going to call out Lima, I'm not going to say MVP. I'm not going to say all these other guys. You know, because when my time comes, it'll. I'll be ready. That's all. The, that's all he said. And that's probably why he went undefeated Division Two, as as a as a wrestler. And just that's amazing. So I just think that's the, the learning curves of, of that. But at a young age, I hate to see young guys waste their talent like that, like calling their own shots. Just slow it down. We'll get to the top eventually. I think everything, everything is based upon now what he does after that loss. That's what it's based upon. The losses will teach you lessons. Sometimes it's hard to learn the lesson when you get the win because, ah, I got to win. Mm-hmm. You don't learn anything from it. Losses usually will teach you that lesson that's going to make you better if you're smart. So. I don't know. I was always more critical of myself. Uh, I, even from from wins, I would go home and be like, well, you, I, in my mind, I was always keeping tabs in my head. Like, yeah, you fucked up here, you fucked up here, you fucked up here. Like, I would go back after every round, like, oh, I fucking lost that position. Bob's like, don't worry about it. Next round's coming up. I'm like, uh, you know, so I in, in the fight, I'm telling myself, you got to be better. And I think and when you're <clears throat> when you're young, you have to start remembering. There's always room for improvement. <clears throat> I'm just getting started in this game. I don't know shit. Like, you know, I tell some of the young kids uh, that I train, even in the adults classes, I forgot more than you guys have learned yet. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of you got to think in your mind as a young kid that there's so much more out there and the game's just gonna change. There's no rush to get to the top and and I hate to see. I think I know we'll figure it out. I'm gonna hold off on calling him the future or you know having a bright future. I'm gonna hold off on that because <laughs> he's got a bright future. We jumped on the Aaron Pico thing and I'm like I know Aaron can get back to it, but as of right now, it's not it, the bright future has been halted. The bright future talk, anyways, has been halted. Okay, I want I want okay. you to compare one thing here real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, Aaron Pico in his first fight got hit with a shot that rocked his world mm-hmm. and got guillotine choked. Okay, then he lost to Henry Corrales, knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. Then he went to and lost to Adam Borch, knocked unconscious. I know a dung lost a decision. Yeah, against a seasoned fighter. Yeah. Okay. Never was hurt. Never was really in trouble. So he's got a lot going for him. I got. I understand. All I'm, right. I, I'm, just, I'm, I just, I'm being hard on him. I just him. want I'm to point hard. that out. I'm being hard on You're him. You're being really hard on him, man. All right. He's 20 years old. I know. I like the kid a lot. You know, I like the kid a lot. I just, I am being hard on him, though. I am. I am. Yeah, you are, man. Okay. I mean, it's like 20. Come I on. Yeah. I, I know how stupid I was when I was 20. He's a lot brighter than I was. <laughs> that's not saying much right he's like yeah right? <laughs> hey i could i guess i could say the same thing all right let's talk about Good. japan i mean realistically for me japan it, it comes down to three fights it comes down to fedor and rampage comes down to mvp and chandler I, okay the rest of the card is oh come on 
I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You. I didn't even look past the rest of the card. I looked okay, at those two well, fights. Yeah, the, the, the first fight, I think, on the card is Goiti Yamauchi ah. against Darren Cruikshank. Ooh. Okay? I'm telling you right now, you can sit there and say what you want. Cruikshank's yeah. in trouble. Yeah. Okay? Cruikshank, if he lands a shot, lands a kick, he's got really good you know, stand-up. Yeah. He, he can knock people out. He can land a flying knee. He can do a lot of good stuff. But. Man, if he goes to the ground with Goity, he is screwed. We talked about this situation. Goity comes out with the really weird style stand up, like he like he knows what he's doing. But I don't know if he does because I've never seen him use it. But <laughs> <laughs> but it makes people just shoot on him. Stand up guys just go. Oh, I know he oh. wants them to. It's like I, you know, oh. I, I swear to God, talking to him, you know, I, I said, you know, let's talk about your wrestling because I don't work on my wrestling that much. And I go, you're a ground guy, and he goes. John, I get everybody to take me down. He says, they all want to take me down. He goes, I just give it to them. And they go, oh, it's there. They can't help themselves. I'm like, and I'm watching him and I go, it's kind of right, man. <laughs> he's, on, he's, he's on to something here. You got to take a look, man. Well, he's, you know, look at who he's lost to. Look at the guy he's, guys he has beaten. Mm -hmm. you know, he lost to Chandler in the decision. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, guys like, you know, Piccolotti, I think Adam Piccolotti's tough as hell and yeah. good. Man, yeah. he he got rid of Piccolotti in the first round. You know, definitely made Adam's yeah. eyes open up because that's how good his his ground game is. He's good. Yep. So you got that fight. Then you've got uh, Alara Joani who is fighting Kana Watanabe. Now Watanabe was on the Japan Judo team. She's eight zero and one. But her stand-up is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's going to be an interesting fight. If it, Obviously, if it, if it goes to the ground, you know, uh, Joanne's a, a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. She's, she's got decent ground. She was, you know, definitely better. That's where she beat uh, Beck Rollins, got the knee bar. Got it. And, uh, but I don't think she's going to be able to knee bar Watanabe. But in the stand-up, she's got... She's got good stand-up, so we'll see what she does with uh, Watanabe That bulldog-style stand-up. She just kind of yeah. comes forward and just Comes from the pit bulls, man. Yep, makes it yeah, a pit bull style. Fight. Yep, yep. And who else? Yes. So that's an interesting one. And then we have the uh, the ones you were talking about. Chandler and the MVP. The MVP one is interesting because they've got him going against, you know, Anzai, who is a straight – he's a wrestler, a brawler, a – Go for broke guy fought in the UFC is uh, fighting in uh, in um, Ryzen now. That's I think MVP crushes him. But the other one that I was really surprised by is you got Kita Nakamura, who used to be in the UFC for a very long time. You know, I remember doing you know watching. He he had the fight that I always felt he got screwed over. He fought Drew Fickett long ago. Steve Mazzagatti called a freaking downward elbow strike that was not illegal and drew just drew Fickett. He didn't even get touched by it. And drew Fickett is faking and just so he can get air. Cause he's out of shape and Nakamura ends up losing a decision when he would have won the fight. I always felt he got screwed by that. Wow. I felt bad for him, but he's 35, I think 35 and 10. He's going against Lorenz Larkin. And I think he is screwed. <laughs> <clears throat> Lorenz Larkin is too fast for Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah, Nagamura's yeah, yeah, yeah. got a he's got a really good ground game. Yep. And if he gets on top of uh, Lorenz, he can cause him some problems. I just don't see him 
taking him down. I just don't see that being a well, the Loren, speed difference is going to be a problem. Loren's got to stay out of the out of the clinch with him because he's got really yep. good judo. Yeah, I've taken yep. a couple seminars from him in judo. It's yep. pheno phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, him and Yoshida, they both came into AKA a bunch of times because uh, they're good, they used to be they are good friends with uh, Dave Camarillo, and so they came in to give some seminars. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, amazing. Got a really good ground. He's solid. Yeah. Uh, uh, talk to me a little bit about Chandler. Chandler and uh, Outlaw, Sydney Outlaw. Man, you know, I look at this and I really like Sydney Outlaw. I think he's really coming into his own. He's fourteen and three right now, coming off a win over Roger Huerta. Uh, it's got outstanding uh, jujitsu, very solid ground game, very heavy on top. If he gets on top of you, you're gonna have problems. I just don't see him out wrestling uh, Chandler in those positions. Chandler's just a bit faster than him. Mm -hmm. uh, Chandler's got a lot more power on the stand up than uh, Sydney brings. And it's going to be a tough fight for Sydney. I really Chandler starts fast, and Sydney doesn't start fast most of the time. Sydney builds into the fight, okay. and by the time he's going to build into the fight, Chandler's going to have a lead on him, and he's now he's going to have to be making up. So can, he's got to really he's got to really start off. Can fast. he make Chandler work enough to where Chandler tends to gas out? But yeah, and that's you know if if I was trying to game plan, like I said, Chandler is fast. I want you to, I want you to match him. I want you to, if he's coming in, I want you to get a hold. Just start making his arms heavy. Push him into the cage. Work on takedowns against him. Make him want to freaking take you down and work against him. Make him work for those things. Anything you can do to push Chandler, you know, faster and faster in the fight will end up working towards your benefit towards that third round. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that the, the groundwork's been laid out on how to beat Chandler. It's just a matter of if you can get past that first round of his explosiveness and his wrestling. You know, um, Benson kind of laid it out. I think Will Brooks had kind of laid it out. But not everyone has been able to follow through with it because he is so strong, so explosive. Got a nasty little guillotine. He's got big power in his hands. But if you make him wrestle in the beginning rounds without getting ground and pounded out. That's, or, what, you know, that's what Will Brooks did. Yep. Will Brooks made him work in those clinch and grappling situations to where Chandler started to break down in the later rounds. Yep, and then he just was, and then Will Brooks still being fresh, just touch, touch, touch. Yep. Next you know, he's, he's getting yep. frustrated and it's not the same yep. fight anymore. Not the same fight anymore. Yep. Uh, MVP, you already talked about, and then Fedor and Rampage. Yeah, no. You know, yeah, that's one. I, I know Rampage has been working out with uh, Sam Calavita. Yeah. Trying to get himself in shape, which is good. Yeah. Starting to lose weight instead of carrying all the weight. I thought the weight slowed Rampage down a lot. He yeah. was looking very slow. You know, and the common opponent you can put as far as recently is Chael. And you can look at what happened with Chael when he fought Rampage. Yeah. And you look at what happened with Chael when he fought Fedor. And the big difference is Chael was a lot faster than Rampage. Mm -hmm. And Fedor was faster than Chael. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't lead to Rampage doing well in the stand-up if Fedor is being smart with his distance and his footwork. Uh, you know, Rampage still got a granite for a chin. Yeah. He can take a shot. He can deliver a shot. It's just that Fedor has got to put himself in there, but if Rampage touches Fedor's chin, it's good over. night. It's, over. it's going out. I, I so. Look, I... I'm I'm a I'm a Fedor nut hugger because you know 
Yeah, so am I. The history of just he's him a great guy. And, yeah, yeah, and he's a great guy. And he's an absolute. And so's Rampage though. Rampage is a fucking phenomenal absolutely. Guy. So like the whole you know that's it's, awesome. It's a it's yeah it's it's. It's it's awesome, but it's like that's he's just a great guy, great be around, funny, funny as all hell. Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah. But I, your assessment is one hundred percent correct. I think that he, if Rampage pushes to the clinch or ends up in the clinch at all, he's gonna get tossed. If yeah. Fedor, Fedor can throw Frank Mir, Fedor can throw <laughs> Fedor can throw Rampage. But in that process, if he gets touched at all on the chin, I think the fight's over. Done. Yep. I think it's nope. absolutely done. I think um, one of the, the things for Rampage to do is actually push him towards the cage and just dirty box. Yep. Just beat, you know, shots inside, hold mm. on to him, clinch, come uppercuts, elbows, just make it a in-the-phone-booth fight because that's going to limit the speed and that, that jump in mm -hmm. that Fedor likes to do with his right hand. And it's going to put you in a very good place. Your the speed comparison starts to dwindle when you're fighting in that phone booth. You don't have to worry about it as much. And you're the guy with the chin, and the he power. doesn't have one. Yeah, got power too. Well, they both um, have power. Yeah, I I think that if you go back in the history of like who has beaten Fedor, and you're talking about who Rampage needs to mimic, I would say is uh, Bigfoot Silva because he did that when he fought him. I believe they fought in Chicago. Uh, Bigfoot Silva just New pushed. Jersey. Yeah, was it New Jersey? Yeah. Really? I think that was New Jersey. Interesting. Okay, but he uh, no Columbus, Ohio. Oh, was it Columbus? Ohio? Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, there you we, go. Were, we were at the Arnold, I believe. Okay, that's the um, Arnold Classic. Yeah, he just dirty boxed him. Just you know, little, like he yep. just roughed him up against the fence, weight on him. You know, took Rampage, him down, yeah. mounted him, and crushed him. Rampage, I think, is going to weigh more than him because Fedor's not a big oh. guy. So I think if that gets going, he's gonna be able to just hang on. And let's not forget, even though even though we don't talk about it much like we used to back in the day, Rampage could just pick him up and put him on his back. Like he's a savage. <laughs> he, I mean, Fedor's not a big guy. I could see Rampage just locking his hands, lifting him, and just slamming him. Like you know, like he old Rampage, vintage Rampage. Oh, yeah. I could see that all day long and just get on top of. Him. He gets on top of him. One it, yeah, a punch could just yeah. graze him. It could be over. So. Uh, that, that's something maybe we could, we could think about, you know, for people keep that in your mind when you guys are watching. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I think, you know, it, it's a legends fight. Yeah. And I think either guy can win the fight. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I think they both have their ways of winning. It just depends. Fedor needs to be smart in staying away from Jackson's right hand. Mm. Yeah. And the left trouble and the left hook. Yeah. He likes, so, does it, does his role with the yeah, left hook. Yeah. Yep. He, he really just needs to stay away from Jackson's hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's a good way of uh, winning the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, that, that's kind of where we're at uh, for that. I'm excited to see it because it, it is, like you said, it's a historic fight. It's one of those old vintage, like, just uh, legends yeah, fights. It's a legends so fight. I'm excited. It's awesome. They're both older, so it's okay. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Let's talk uh, Roy, McDonald Roy, leaving, McDonald. Roy McDonald leaving Bellator, going to PFL. And um, I think it's a good move. Tell me why. Multiple reasons. And, and you know, people are going to sit there and say, well, you work for Bellator. Rory is a fantastic fighter, uh, but he he's not the guy that sells fights the way a promoter really wants someone to sell fights. You know, Connor's the guy that you look at, you go, that's the guy that sells fights. You know, Cejudo's doing it with his bend the knee and stuff like that. His cringe. <laughs> yeah, his cringe, cringe-worthy stuff. 
Rory's never been that guy, yeah. and I don't blame him, and it's not. But when you have a guy questioning, you know, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. I don't know if I can hurt people. That doesn't help you, mm-hmm. you know, as a fighter in trying to say, now I want more money. Yeah. So I think, you know, the fact he got a big offer from PFL, that's awesome. He can always be in that tournament and make a million. And the one thing with it, in my opinion, is he doesn't have to worry about being that media guy because the way their their whole structure is with the point system, he can go in there, fight the fights, get his points, get put in that the bracket where he's going to be. It is what it is with, you know, where the brackets are and who he's fighting. He doesn't have to, you know, worry about calling somebody out or having someone call him out. It's going to get put in there the way it is because of the points. And he just goes and fights. Now, obviously, he's got to do media and stuff, but, you know, it's it's a level where he can make, he's going to make good money signing there. And he's got that million dollars at the tournament end that's there that, you know, he had a chance at that with Bellator. Didn't happen for him. But overall, I look and say, it's not a bad deal for Roy McDonald. I think he's uh, he's in that position where it's actually a good deal for him. It's a smart move for him. I think financially, it's a smart move for him. I just think that if you're a if you're a fighter and you want to continue fighting beyond, let's just say 2020, I want to remind people that PFL they pretty much are done with their TV deal. You know, or their their UFC or whatever it's called. I don't know if they're on. They're on ESPN. They're on ESPN. ESPN. Yeah, their app. Yeah. I mean, it, that that's potentially going to end. I think in 2020, they've already reached out to a couple other networks trying to get on those, and they weren't able to. So, um, after the one year, I think he's going to be fighting in front of 500 people to a thousand people at a fairgrounds. You know, it just, I'm not. I mean, obviously, that's the worst end scenario. But I'm simply saying, like, you sometimes got to start wondering. They're not making. They're not making the gains that you would think. So as a promotion, do you, if you are planning on fighting after one year, where is you, where are your fight's going to be seen? And I, I think every fighter thinks that, you know? And so sure. like, where am I going to be? Am I going to be on TV? If I'm not, then, you know, uh, are you falling off the map? Yeah. You're falling off the map. And I, financially, yes, I agree with it, but he, like the bigger picture depends on what his goals are after. Um, yeah, but for, you know, you take a look one of his goals was to be a world champion. He got that. Yeah. Right. And now he's saying, "Eh, I want financial security. And he believes that in this situation, he can get that financial security. So good to him. I think, I think Bellator is looking at it saying, you know what? You're good. We know you're good, but we think that you're not going to beat the guy that's the champion that we have right now. And just based upon the fights that we've put together and seen. And so, you know, if you're not going to be the guy, if you're not that, that guy that no one can beat, I need you to be a little bit more. And I think that's why Bellator said, yeah, yeah, go ahead and take that deal. Yeah, for the amount of money it was for them to lay out there, like, yeah, Yeah. the end result is they, you know, (coughs) you know, I will go ahead. I will say one thing. I want you, I want people to take a look at, look at how Scott Coker handled that situation. You know, tweeting out, hey, best of luck to Roy McDonald. Good luck with PFL. You know, thank you. You know, thanks for the fights here. Uh, That's the way it's supposed to be done. Is that is that a stab at somebody? Are we, am I, no, it's not a stab at someone. It's called class. Seems a little. You seem You're like supposed a, to have class. A little salty, huh? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of the things, and this is this is what cracks me up: is the sport is about fighters. Yes. All right, that's what the sport is. You know, if you go to boxing, do you, 
do you even look to see who the promoter is? No. And do you, do you care who no. the promoter is? No. no. As long as it's a good no. fight. Yeah, I just want to see the fighters. Yeah. And that's sometimes yeah. that whole thing gets in the way. It's like, why do you care about that promote the promotion? It's the fighters. That's who you care about. Yeah, they care about that promotion because the the promoter makes them care about him because when the fighters leave, he'll still be there. And so as long as he's the face, then they continue to be there. I've said that for years. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. It's a good move. And I think in the end, I think he's going to make a lot of money over there, which is good for him and his yep. family. And I, I, I actually reached out to him today and wished him a Merry Christmas. And he's always one of the most respectful respectful guys. He's a great guy. That I've ever been around. So absolutely wonderful family. And I wish him the very best in everything he does. So love, do I. Love him. Love Ray McDonald. Great job. Thank, I appreciate him being at Bellator. Um, the other comment was Joe Rogan. Talk to me, Goose. You know, I love I love Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. and I, and I would never say a bad word about him. As far as you know, first off, he's way smarter than me. He's a <laughs> phenomenal comedian. He's a great commentator. He he, and it's really what he brought, mm-hmm. what Joe has brought to the sport of MMA, is he brought a presence because you know he's this. You know, take a look at his podcast and everything. He's he's got a huge microphone. And I love him, and and he has helped build the sport of MMA, you know, just about as much as anybody. Just you know, the fan base that he has, and and his passion for MMA. God bless him. I love him, but damn it, he needs to get off of this whole thing on judges. Hmm. I heard him say that you know oh, they need to get rid of all the MMA judges. Well, you know, that would be like me saying, you know. As soon as a commentator makes a mistake in commentary, we need to get rid of those commentators because they made a mistake. Hmm. You know, <laughs> there's a whole thing about is the judging today better than the judging of yesterday? You know, and yeah, it's way better. And there's you know, there's so many guys out there that are that are judges that are affected by the words that Joe Rogan says mm-hmm. because. They put a lot into this, Josh. They put a lot of time. They put a lot of effort. They care. And people think it's easy. And you're always going to have those fights where people agree with the judges on something or they don't agree on another. But the judges are going by a certain criteria. They know what they're looking at. Most of these guys anymore, you know, Joe talks about, oh, they come from a boxing back. You know, these guys are boxing people. No, they're not. Those people are not around anymore. At one time, yes, athletic commissions took their boxing judges and tried to put them into MMA, and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that I can tell you there's no boxing people at all because athletic commissions are, you know, how many of them are there? There's freaking more than 50 some because with, you know, tribal commissions and everything. But the people that are doing for the most part, the UFCs or the Bellators, it's a pretty small group. And you're talking about guys that are black belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, many of them, mm-hmm. all right? Guys that have fought, guys that have you know, participated in the martial arts throughout their lives, and they're good at what they do. You know, I can start going down the list of these people and, and who they are and what they've accomplished, but for Joe to sit there and say, mm-hmm. we, you need to fire all of them, man, you know, you're painting a very broad stroke with a very large brush that's affecting a lot of people 
that have done a great job and deserve a lot more respect than you're giving them. Did he give a solution to it? Like to put who who would he put there? He said put. Uh, well, I, he actually said you know we we could do more judges. You know nine judges or something like that. I heard. And then there was also it needs to well it needs to be ex fighters. Mm, and this, and this that is, is a, that's a comment that's just crazy. Let me let me let me touch base on this. Is you were the one that kind of enlightened me to this, and I actually took the time to go back and watch some fights that I already knew the results to. And I yep. watched them as, as if I was judging them versus as if when I watched them the first time. And even though the outcome was the same, except for a couple, like one or two of them, but I've watched quite a few fights and I thought to myself, you're right. And I don't like to pat you on the back that much, but I got to tell never. you, but I got to <laughs> tell you as a fighter, you said it, we were talking just, uh, I don't know, probably about two hours ago we were talking and I'm talking about a fight and you said you're watching it as a fighter and I think we're talking about Marais and Jose Aldo and I'm and at the time a fighter what they tend to do and you want to explain that the fighters tend to do and I caught myself doing that I judge it as in terms of like well if it was me I would have done this what you would do and that's yeah. not how you judge fights that no, is no it doesn't matter what you would do it doesn't matter what you like it doesn't and, and it goes both ways we'll get guys that are you know, great at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and they'll watch a guy throw a triangle on and almost get this guy out of the fight, but the guy makes it through, and he, ah, the whole thing was trash. I it was That's not the way I, I teach it. And I don't care how you teach it. I care, was it effective? Mm -hmm. Is it an effective technique that possibly could bring the end of the fight, and was that person having to work hard to defend against it so he didn't get put out of the fight? That's what we look at. And it's very hard for fighters to get out of what they did and what they were good at. And sometimes they they look for guys that fight the way they fought. And it could be that that guy's losing the fight, but they like the way he fights because he fights the way they fought and they're giving credit where it doesn't belong. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could ask Frank Trigg, you know, I, it took me forever to get Frank to look at fights the right way and be able to judge it like a judge would look at because he was going off of what he liked to do. And I've had it with multiple guys and it's hard for someone to change and they can, but to sit there and to think that I can take fighters and put them into those seats and people are going to be happy. They're not, they're going to have the exact same thing happening and they're going to be more upset because it's going to happen more often. The guys that are out there doing the big fights, you know, the Sal D'Amato's, the Derek Cleary's, the Chris Lee's, you know, the Chris Eric Colon's, those guys, they're good. They know this sport and they know how to judge it. Now, one of the things that needs to be clear is Joe gets to look at a monitor, and I will tell you, based upon me working for Bellator now, I know that I see the fight way better on that monitor than I do when I watch it live. When I'm watching it live, I get one angle and I sometimes lose what's going on yeah. like a judge would from that seat based upon positioning, positioning of the fighters, positioning of the referee, all these things. You can lose things where if you're watching that monitor, you don't you get the right angle because my director is giving me the best angle for the fight. Now, could it be that at times that's not even good? Sure, that can happen too. But, man, I'm telling you, we, we, we definitely need to improve officiating be it refereeing judging all of it you know it needs to improve but it's continuously not a, it's not a perfect science though and no one ever said it was 
No, it's not. And it's subjective. And, and the thing is, if you're going to have this criteria, if Joe is going to make comments off of that, you know, performance by these fighters, then Joe should know the criteria that those judges are using and have to use to judge that fight. Yeah, I've been on the end of uh, some good some decisions that went my way that probably shouldn't have, and I've been on the end of some that definitely should have went my way but didn't. <laughs> yeah, know? and um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I think uh, it's just part of this. Whether it's MMA, whether it's boxing, anytime you have that, that's that's just the situation in sports in general. Um, you know, tennis, same thing. You get the ref, the line judge, or the what. This is the game. Like this is you know this is why we fight and. You know, oh, that's why you're not supposed to leave it to the judges, correct? Yeah. So, all right, look, we're gonna wrap this up. I know we told me we'd do a quick, quick, a uh, couple just quick questions <laughs> and drop because this was a uh, host, and you know I can hear the whoosh, whoosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But hey, in trouble again. Safe travels to Japan Thanks, tomorrow sir. morning, bright and early. You just landed from Hawaii a couple hours ago. <laughs> we were able to get one in real quick, and uh, I'm excited to. Uh, I'll see you in uh, January. I'll see you soon, brother. In LA, hey, safe travels, man. Okay, I'll see you all soon. Right. Bye-bye. Take it easy, man. Bye.